This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk, taking the show on the road today for the next couple days with our friends at Princess Auto here in Toronto at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, checking out the Grand Slam of Curling in the Princess Auto Players Championship. Of course, focus tonight, though, here on this program is the final game of the regular season for the Winnipeg Jets. Jets in Colorado to play game number 82. And when we wake up tomorrow morning or later on tonight, we will know whether the Jets are heading to Las Vegas for game one of the first round of the playoffs or west to Edmonton to take on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, We've got lots to get to, and we're going to hear from Rick Bonus, who's got an update on the uh, lineup for tonight, number of familiar faces, getting the night off, starting with number 37, Connor Hellebuck, who deserves it as much as anyone, as well as some details or I guess an update, maybe not many details, on the status of Nikolai Ehlers after the Ryan Hartman cheap shot in the game against the Minnesota Wild a couple nights ago. Uh, we are going to look ahead to the playoffs, though. Really looking forward to having Chris Meany jump on from uh, FTN Network. Meany will pop on in about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, and Kenny Weeb in Colorado a little later on with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets. And coming up in about 45 or so, This is going to be a great segment, and I think an important one for a lot of people to hear. Christina Litz uh, from the Winnipeg Jets and True North Sports and Entertainment is going to come on and find out a little bit more about the Forever Winnipeg campaign, what they are trying to do to um, rejuvenate the season ticket base, and, of course, some information on the, the most exciting part of the year, the playoffs, which, of course, will be coming to Canada Life Center next week. So lots to get to. Welcome in Remo in just a second. We'll talk about the Jays game last night. Amazing, amazing renovations to the Rogers Center. But just before we do that, a big thanks, of course, to our great friends at Princess Auto. I see Dan and Jillian are here. They got the tons of stuff. If you are around Toronto and you are a curling fan, get down here and certainly pop by the Princess Auto booth. It looks like they uh, came locked and loaded with a lot of great stuff for curling fans here at their signature event. Uh, of course, Cool Bet Canada. Went with uh, Pat and Jake, my pals from Cool Bed, to the Blue Jays game last night. Appreciate their support. And, of course, Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, our great golf partners over at Breezy Bend Country Club, and our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. We'll also get to a Why Not Question of the Day a little later on for the gang down at Not Auto Corp and Waverly and McGilvery. All right, let's get Michael Remus in here and get this show on the road. Remo, what's up? I'm feeling good. You know, normally it's a Jets game. Like, we're so used to being, like, every time, biggest game of the year. And so stressed out. 24/7. Must win, can't lose. Like, so fired up for the game. Sorry, as I adjust my camera. And tonight it's like, oh, no one's... It's like preseason again um, before that really ramps up. So, like, do I should I watch the game? I probably will. Do I take anything away? I think we're all more focused on what's happening with Vegas and Edmonton tonight than the Winnipeg Jets. Well, it, exactly. Um, you know, listen, I think the, the bottom line for the Winnipeg Jets tonight is hopefully the uh, regulars that are playing in the lineup just make it out unscathed and um, ready to be as close to 100% as possible 
for the uh, for the game coming up uh, that really matters. And that, of course, is going to be game one Monday or Tuesday next week. We still don't know whether the Jets will be starting in Vegas or Edmonton, as I mentioned. And we still don't know whether this series is going to begin on Monday or Tuesday. We should have some clarity, I would imagine, tomorrow or Saturday at the latest, as opposed to when game number three will be. And actually, I said, when Christina Litz joins us, we'll find out a little bit more uh, in addition to the season ticket campaign, as well as about um, playoff tickets, packing that barn with white for uh, either the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights to come into, hopefully, the most inhospitable place for visiting teams come playoff time in the National Hockey League. Rio, just before we get into this and hear from Bones, I'm sure many people that are listening to this probably saw on my Twitter feed last night, I got to the Jays game, and what a game it was. Two-run rally in the ninth inning and a win in extra innings. Walk it off for the Blue Jays. And, man, the renovations at the Rogers Center are phenomenal um there is five or six new sort of general areas patios decks where you can go regardless of where your ticket is um the bullpens are moved up it, it, it honestly looks i mean it's still the dome um but phenomenal phenomenal renovations and if you can believe this the dome was open last night that is how nice it's been this week here in toronto the earliest the dome has ever been opened in the history of the franchise and uh Made it for a, for a great, great night. And as promised, I did get the poutine dog, although we didn't get there early enough for a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. gold glove bobblehead, which um, was unfortunate, but you pretty much had to be there when the doors open. And with everything else I had going on, that was not going to be a possibility. That was the number one question in chat. Would you get the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. gold glove bobblehead? And I've lined up for those giveaways. I lined up. Hours in advance for a Ken Griffey Jr. Hall of Fame bobblehead in Seattle. I remember went early to a Blue Jays game, got a, a blanket with featuring. This was the Blue Jays blanket I got. Went so early for it on the, one of their last games. It was Roy Halladay, Vernon Wells, and Alex Rio. So what a what a comfortable blanket that was. <laughs> I think it's, I gave it to my brother. It might be lying around my parents somewhere. So yeah, you got to go early. It was only first 15 Hey, but... We did see your review of the poutine dog on your Twitter account. That's got like 11,000 views. So people enjoy it. I'll have to put it on our Instagram and uh, TikTok this weekend. Yeah. I mean, if people had saw the tweets, that would, I, I mean, we missed probably a completely viral moment. Like I was doing the poutine review. Jake from Coolbet was doing the recording. And literally the second that I had finished and he pressed stop, this woman comes up to me just straight up can i have a bite of your dog and i just sort of laughed and said yeah of course so we did post that picture and like a slow-mo but it uh, it was a missed opportunity by the cameraman i will say for a, a little bit more footage of that bottom line is you can check my twitter feed and we'll probably make a youtube short out of it or something like that the poutine dog exceeded my expectations dusty and i talked about this on the log shop i was thinking this was going to be sort of in the mid sixes I was skeptical at how the gravy would work with the dog, and I didn't understand. I was wondering how the fries, what they did was they used more, um, almost like a hash brown, if you know, the little cube potatoes. That's what they did, fried them up. Cheese curds were actually really good. So um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised by the poutine dog. It was, yeah, there's the picture of the of the bite to my new friend last night. She enjoyed it too. Um, but yeah, it was a solid 7.8. It was actually pushing eight uh, overall, but I figured 
you don't want to go too high with your first poutine dog. And I'm hoping to get back to the ballpark for one of the other games this uh, either you know tonight, tomorrow. Of course, the Rays are coming in who haven't lost a damn game this season. They've just been steamrolling everybody. Um, so it will be uh, will be a lot of fun. Great night at the ballpark last night, and I will I will do my best to give you more reviews and more interesting ballpark or event food going forward here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But Remo, let's get to uh, let's get to the latest on the Jets. Of course, later puck drop tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. I think everyone with any stake in the Jets, whether you're a fan, whether you are a player, whether you're in management, probably exhaled big time after that game on Minnesota, despite what might be an injury to Nikolai Ehlers, which of course is concerning because this game wasn't going to be life or death. And uh, the Winnipeg Jets would have the opportunity to rest a few players that have been spending a lot of time on the ice, doing everything they can to get this team over the finish line. And I think it's pretty clear who that starts with. Connor Hellebuck and sort of made the call that Big Save Dave would get an opportunity to get back into the net, but it wasn't going to be until the Winnipeg Jets clinched the playoff spot. That's tonight. Game number 82. Dave, first time in, uh, I guess, what, 14 games? He'll uh, get into the net for the Winnipeg Jets, and Connor Hellebuck will get a very much deserved night off acting as the backup goaltender. But Hellbuck's far from the only regular that will not play tonight. It looks like Josh Morrissey, Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele, and Nate Schmidt will be out. They stayed on for extra work. And there was no Dubois, no Lowry, or no Nikolai Ehlers this morning. Uh, Dubois and Ehlers won't play. Adam Lowry will play. Um, so essentially, there'll be a ton of regulars that'll be out of the lineup. Everyone else will get a chance to play. And as I said, hopefully just make through the game unscathed and without injury. Um, and Dominic Toninato, who has had such a great season with the Manitoba Moose, playing you know a very important role as the Moose also clinched a playoff spot a couple nights ago. Uh, he gets the call up tonight, and he will play for the Winnipeg Jets. So it'll be a very different-looking lineup, but I think that's probably what everyone was hoping for, that the Winnipeg Jets would have the luxury to sort of rest a few guys before it gets real next week when we drop the puck on the Stanley Cup tournament. Yeah, it was what we were expecting. A uh, number of guys sitting out, as you said, Dubois, Ehlers, and we'll get to the Ehlers news. You know, Wheeler, Shafley, Morrissey, Schmidt, all not playing. Lowry, as you said, uh, he didn't skate, but he's in. I know we don't really have line rushes. Maybe Ken can tell us later on in the show. One other note, Cole Perfetti skated in a non-contact jersey. I wonder what his situation is as we approach game one. Uh, still in non-contact. And yet Dave Riddich, first game since March 14 in Carolina, the last game of that road trip. I totally remember it now that uh, I think it was Jeff or Ken uh, who tweeted out all those updates. So shout out to those guys who were there asking uh, the questions to Rick Bonus after the game. Colorado, I mean, they're still in it, Huss. They're going for um, the division, the Central Division title. They're battling with Dallas. So, they, you know, if they want to win and get home ice advantage throughout this, uh, this portion of the bracket, you would want to win. They are one point behind Dallas. Colorado does have an extra game. They're playing Friday against Nashville in that makeup game. And for Colorado, they're, man, look at these stats. You know, we talked about how much Dallas was, like, sucking ass the same time as the Jets, pardon my language, but they're they're 8-2-0 in their last. I don't think I've ever said that on the show. But, I don't I mean, think so either. But that they is were, one of your go-tos, though, off the air. Yeah, they were terrible. And now, I now no, look again, they're 8-2-0 in the last 10. Jason Robertson, I mean, he's hit 100 points, front, you know, Dallas Stars uh, record. And Colorado, they're 8-1-1 now in their last 10. 
um, and what a second half it's been for them, for those two teams. So they're duking it out for the Central Division title. Yeah, and, and, and basically the way it runs down is that uh, Dallas has 106. They've got one game left tonight. They're taking on the St. Louis Blues. And the Avalanche have the Jets tonight and the Preds tomorrow. If Colorado wins both of those games, they'll win the Central. They'll get to 109 points, but they won't be able to get the number one seed in the conference. And that's why the only two possibilities for the Winnipeg Jets in the first round is either going to Sin City and the Knights or out west to oil country and taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have 102, so they are locked in the third spot. And as we know, the Winnipeg Jets locked in the uh, second wild card spot at 95 points, regardless of what happens this evening. And hey, you just mentioned Jason Robertson. I, I, this is one of the most underrated and unknown superstars, I think, as far as personality. I mean, he's a quiet dude. But, oh, my God, I mean, he had, what, 109 points this season, Reem? He's the uh, this, the best season in NHL history for a U.S.-born player, 23 years or under. And, um, I mean, I think that uh, it's been a little bit under the radar. I mean, unless maybe you've had him on your fantasy team. Like I did. Just how great he's been right now. Well, actually, I did too. So I've sort of been paying attention to Robertson all year long. But, um, you know, I... You know, when you look at the season that the Dallas Stars have had at 106 points, I mean, I certainly didn't have that at the beginning of the year. Peter DeBoer deserves a great job for the job that he's done. But, you know, moving on, you know, and we've talked a lot here about moving on from certain core players that really hasn't happened, uh, you know, in, in Winnipeg. It sort of has happened, albeit the same way in Dallas. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn are still big parts of the team, but it's Rupi Hintz and Jason Robertson as the clear-cut superstar. So, what a season they've had. They'll look to get to 108 and force the Avalanche to win both games to move into that spot. Um, whoever doesn't win the Central is going to get the Minnesota Wild uh, to uh, to begin the uh, be- begin the playoffs. And this is one other thing that we're going to talk about with Meany, but I'll have to get to you just before we get to bonus with some of the updates from uh, from Colorado. The Pittsburgh Penguins, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I was absolutely incredulous finding out that they had lost to the Chicago Blackhawks uh, the night that the Jets uh, ended up clinching their spot against the Minnesota Wild at home was like a minus 500 favorite. All they needed to do was win against Chicago and Columbus, and they'd be back in the playoffs. Well, they didn't get it done. The Islanders beat Montreal last night to stamp their ticket to the playoffs. Florida and the Islanders will be the wild card teams in the East. And for the first time, I believe, ever, and certainly first time in 16 years, that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and the Penguins won't be part of the playoffs. No Crosby and no Ovechkin in the Stanley Cup tournament, Remo. And uh, I don't know, even right now at their advanced ages, it still seems almost inconceivable that we're going to be playing for Lord Stanley's Cup without Sid the Kid and Ovi. It is pretty crazy to think, Hus. These guys have been staples in the league for so many years, since 05, 06. And to have them both not in the playoffs, it's not like it's their own fault. I mean, Ovechkin's having a great season, Crosby... He's got 90 points. Malkin, you know, the guy couldn't stay healthy for years. He's healthy, having a great season. Um, but I, I think in Pittsburgh, a lot of it falls on the GM for not getting the right complementary pieces. And it seems like every move Ron Hextall has made has not worked out. And, um, you know, I saw Frank Cervalli reporting that they're looking at possibly making changes there in the front office with Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. Something to watch going forward. Because when you have uh, top end talent, uh, like them, you should be in a playoff spot. You can't be losing games. If you 
lose a game to Chicago that like is for you know your playoff life, you clearly don't deserve to be in, no matter how close you were. So I mean, a huge Agreed. failure on their part. The opportunity was there; they weren't able to take advantage. And here we have the Islanders uh, getting back in the play in the playoffs again. It seems like they've had quite a bit of success there uh, since. Uh, I remember when Tavares signed with Toronto. It was oh no, the Islanders are doomed. They're screwed. They've they've had they've won more playoff rounds than the Leafs in that time frame. So it's been worked out pretty pretty well for uh, the Islanders. Well, and, and you know what? Credit to the Islanders. I mean, count me in one of the camps that was very suspect of the Islanders when they made that trade for Bo Horvat, kind of getting ahead of the big race for all those players. Um, they did, of course, sign him to a long term deal. So I think it made sense in the long run. Um, but they did what they had to do. Got there. I mean, it's an, it's an absolute failure on the part of the Penguins to have lost that. But credit to the Islanders and credit to the Florida Panthers right now. And the Panthers, Remo, could end up, in fact, being the first wild card and avoiding the Boston Bruins in the first round. And that's one other thing that needs to be determined. Who's going to be taking down the Metropolitan Division? The Canes go into tonight's action with 111 points. But the New Jersey Devils, how about this season for New Jersey? 51 wins, 8 uh, OT losses or shootout losses, 110 points. And a Jersey win and a, call, and a Carolina loss tonight would, in fact, put the Jersey Devils in the first spot in the Met. They would end up playing the Florida Panthers in the first round, assuming Florida gets that top spot. Or I guess they will because the Islanders are finished uh, the Islanders are in at 93 and done their schedule. If Florida wins, they will get that second wild card otherwise. But um, if New Jersey doesn't pass Carolina, we will have a, a pretty juicy matchup. Crosstown rivalry, NYC, between the Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. We'll talk about this more coming up with Chris Meany in a few minutes. But let's get back to the Jets, Riemann. Uh, listen, before we kind of get to tonight's game, uh, if we can go with number two, and then number six and seven, uh, because the biggest question I think we all have is how's Nikolai Ehlers? Um, he took that really, really tough hit away from the play without the puck from Ryan Hartman. Uh, it incensed Rick Bonus. It incensed the Winnipeg Jets. It led to a lot of the um, shenanigans, shall we say, that we saw late in the game as the refs completely lost control. Um, so right off the bat, the question was, where's Nikolai Ehlers and how he's doing? This is what Rick Bonus had to say that. Just walked to him, uh, walked right by him. He said he's feeling better, but he'll get reassessed tomorrow when we go back. Reassessed? Like, was he in concussion Upper protocol body. at all? Uh, I think they, yeah, they did, but... But he cleared it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so there's Bones. And as I predicted yesterday, I don't know how much information we're going to be getting on this. I think everyone would like to just hear he's fine and he's playing. That's not the case. And even if he is, I guess, like why let your opponent know that he's for sure in? Maybe a, keep some element of suspense, although I guarantee you it's stressing Winnipeg Jet fans out. Um, but not in concussion protocol now. Got checked out for it. He's, it's an upper body injury that he's, uh, he's dealing with. Uh, number six was Ken kind of following up on this and asking... He has concerns about Ehlers' availability for game one when it counts, and that's next week in the playoffs. Do you have any concerns about Ehlers for game one? At this point, uh, it's too early to say that. Well, again, we'll let him be reassessed tomorrow, and then we'll know more. 
All right. So <laughs> too early to say anything. Reassessment tomorrow. We'll know more. I don't know if we will know more, Reem. Should we let fans be stressed out about this? Or can maybe we just hope that this is the general um, cloak of silence when it comes to injuries and whatnot around the Stanley Cup playoffs? That would be brutal for this team if Nikolai Ehlers wasn't available considering how important he's been on that second line with the top line loaded up with Shifley moving to the wing along with Doobie and Kyle Connor. Yeah, I'm trying not to stress out about it. I think, you know, maybe you start to worry as it gets close to game one. You hope that it's okay, that it's nothing serious. We're happy to hear it's not concussion related because he was grabbing his head, but he basically ran into a, you know, he's, you know, vulnerable, Ran into a brick wall and Ryan Hartman, who got the one game. And it'd just be so, you know, disappointing that, you know, Ehlers would be out for multiple games and Hartman would get one game for a deliberate attempt to injure. And I, I don't know, we can talk about the Department of Player Safety all we want, but it's very inconsistent and really just depends on the severity of the result rather than intent or anything like that that's that's what it's been the last couple yeah. of years so yeah oh, they should have brought me. out you know he should have laid on the ice brought out the stretcher and yeah. you know like wwe style and uh you know and then yeah, he probably would have got four or five games, games. Four, Easy. four or five games exactly Easy. maybe 10 games i mean listen it was it was a cheap shot i've said this over and over again since uh since the the game on tuesday i mean and, and the fact that it was a two-minute penalty uh we showed it yesterday. I mean, the, the lack of a penalty on Ryan Reeves for that boarding on Dylan DeMello might have been the most egregious part of that entire scene. Um, but anyways, it was uh, fingers crossed on Ehlers. Uh, don't expect any truth serum being poured into any NHL coaches right now as opposed to who's ready to go and who isn't ready to go. So we'll get to that. We'll have more from Bones coming up a little later on. Ken Weeb's in, uh, in uh, Colorado. We will join us uh, later on in the second hour of the program, and we'll find out more on the upcoming playoffs and the uh, Forever Winnipeg season ticket drive that was announced and launched earlier this year that a lot of people have been talking about with Christina Litz a little later on. Uh, we're going to start it off with my guy, Chris Meany, and get look ahead to these uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Before we do that, got to thank our newest sponsor, Modern Man Barbershop, for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Modern Man now has eight Winnipeg locations with the newest locations, Pembina Highway, right by Bishop Grandin, close to the university, or on the east side on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offers a variety of grooming services, guys. Haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Pop on down and book your look via modernmanbarber.com in advance and give them a follow on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. And if you are with the uh, skills to uh, do the snips, you uh, might want to send in a resume in to info at aurahairgroup.com as they continue to grow. Uh, listen, it's summer type weather here in Toronto right now. I know it's been a lot nicer in Winnipeg and we're getting that snow out of the way. Never mind spring. Let's think about summer right now. How about making 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. The Aquatech team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. They also think about talking to our friends at Aquatech about a whole home renovations with thousands of renovations as their foundation. Let them grade any up space in your home. 
Aquatech's ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Um, Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery are ready for summer. They've been bailing people out all year long, delivering batteries around the city when cars and trucks won't start. But now we look ahead to summer. And whether you're thinking about boats, skidoos, golf carts, and more, Manitoba Battery is always has the best selection, the best service, and the best prices in town on batteries of all sizes, all makes, and all models. The bottom line is they'll save you some time and money as well because they'll bring it to you. Order your battery by noon or even the start of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and Manitoba Battery will deliver it anywhere in the city uh, in just a couple of hours and uh, save you gas time, all the money, and let you worry about more important things. No more uh, waiting in line at Costco or Canadian Tire. Let Manitoba simplify your life and bring it to you. 783-8787 is the number to call. You can also order online at manitobabattery.com or pop down and see my pal Donnie and the gang and his great staff at 1026 Logan Avenue. And just before we bring Meanie in, cheers to our friends at Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, also the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. I will admit, being at the Jays game last night, in that gorgeous weather with the roof open, it got me thinking about how much fun it's going to be back at IG Field this summer for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on the Unfinished Business Tour. And we'll look forward to cheersing uh, a few Canadian clubs out by the uh, Brugal Rum Hut. And, of course, CC and Gingers, which are now available in 473-milliliter cans, both at Manitoba Liquor Marts and your favorite neighborhood beer vendor. Big thanks to Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. Pick it up at your favorite and most convenient Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get ready for the playoffs. Don't know exactly the way things are shaping up, but I certainly know a guy I want to talk about it with. He is the host of Mean Streets. Chris Meany from FTN Network joins us now. Meany, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, Hustler? I'm doing good. I, I love the Canadian whiskey ads. It's got me thirsty here on a thirsty Thursday. No, I appreciate taking the time here, man. It's uh, it's an exciting time in the sports world. Yeah, well, lots going on here. I'm actually here with uh, one of our great sponsors, Princess Auto. It's their signature event on the uh, the uh, Grand Slam of Curling Tour. And uh, being from uh, the heartland of uh, curling, maybe in the world, Manitoba, it was a great opportunity to come out and see some of our Manitoba teams, the top teams in the world. And I also got a chance to check out the Blue Jays last night. Um, dude, the dome looks incredible right now. I know you've been to your fair share of games in downtown T.O. I mean, the social areas that they put in. I mean, it was uh, it was a really fun place to, to go and hang out. Although I have to admit, the biggest takeaway that I've had is how significant these new pitch clock rules change the game. I mean, it absolutely flies by. And... You'll all remember before it was like, oh, no beers past the seventh inning or the seventh inning stretch. Uh, mark my words, in a month, most major league teams will serve right till the end of the ninth inning because these games go by so fast, they're going to cut their sales by about 25% just because you're going to be getting people out of the ballpark beforehand. Yeah, I think you got to go back into like the mid 80s to see games as quick as what we're seeing right now. And I do believe I saw one team last night say that they were going to serve alcohol until the bottom of the eighth inning. So we're starting to see some teams maybe, um, you know, take that route. I like it. I really do like quicker pace games. You know, I, I think come to playoffs, I would like to maybe see the pitch clock kind of go away, especially later in the game if it's a tight game. 
into the ninth or in extra innings or something like that. But as a far East Coast guy, some of these games don't start till around 11 o'clock my time. So I don't need to be up until three in the morning watching the Angels blow a an eight eight inning lead for Shohei Otani or anything like that. But enjoying it. Love the rules. I'm hoping that the pitchers are going to be I just saw Jeffrey Springs went down with an injury as a guy that we really like over at FTN. Uh, I'm not sure the extent of the injury, and I'm not sure if how that's going to go, you know, midseason. How are the pitchers going to feel is because they don't have that break. It's kind of just, you know, you get that ball back and you got to pitch right away. So I'm wondering how that's going to go. But, man, the offense is up. It's early. We're seeing an uptick in stolen bases in terms of runs. Home runs, I'm not sure if the old ball is back, but it's still very early in the season. And once the warm weather hits across all major league ballparks, I know the, the dome was open yesterday at Rogers Center, but across all leagues, we're going to see some offense, no shift. It's exciting to be a, a baseball fan right now. Well, I mean, we got 150 games to talk baseball all through the summer. <laughs> Let's get to what really is important right now, and that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, everyone's punched their ticket right now, and We'll talk about the teams that are in in a second. Um, how stunned are you of the face plant of the Penguins at home the other night against the Chicago Blackhawks? I still can't wrap my head around how they lost that game. And now we're going into the playoffs with no Ovechkin and no Crosby for the first time ever. Yeah, I know. They had the longest active playoff streak in the NHL. 16 straight seasons we've seen Sid the Kid in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It pretty Pretty remarkable, actually, that they lost that game in Chicago. I mean, they were massive favorites there in their own barn against a Blackhawks team that, you know, is one of the worst squads in the NHL. They had losses in, I think, eight of ten games. I know they had a couple, you know, big wins against Calgary and, and kind of hurt their playoff chances, and then they did the same thing to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, you know, Crosby's been fantastic all year. He had a great season. He was really good and top ten in terms of five and five points. It's no issue with Crosby. Malkin was really good. I think a downtick from... Jake Gensel and, and Brian Russ, but ultimately their issue was in goal. Tristan Jari was just not good enough this season. He had some moments. Uh, I think at times Casey DeSmith was a better goalie than Tristan Jari. There was multiple times where he was pulled in games in the last six weeks or so. Just wasn't good enough. And now he's a UFA, so you got to figure Pittsburgh is going to try to keep this older core together, maybe one more go with guys like Latang and Crosby and Melkin, but they're going to have to figure out what to do in goal. Uh, but it is a different feel not to have Ovechkin, not to have Crosby in these playoffs. It's like kind of a, a change in, in the guard, right? We've seen Jack Hughes and company, the Devils young squad, take that leap forward and other teams across the league. The Kraken are in, right, in year number two in the NHL. So we're seeing uh, some teams that maybe we're not used to seeing get in, but they're here. And Pittsburgh's got a lot of work to do in the offseason. You know, one thing that um, we uh, we didn't actually, we should one other thing I should quickly mention, not that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Chicago Blackhawks, but... Um, Jonathan Taves playing right. his final game as a Chicago Blackhawk tonight. That was announced earlier on, obviously the legendary career of Taves. I would imagine this could very well be the last, you know, game that he plays, uh, as a national hockey leaguer, considering the health issues that he's had over the last little bit, but, um, certainly, um, you know, arguably the greatest player that Winnipeg has ever produced. And, um, Absolutely. you know, what a run it has been for, uh, for Jonathan Taves, although ending on a bit of a down note with, um, you know, such a miserable team this year. I want to get to your thoughts on the Jets in the West in a minute, but I mean, when we're talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's only right that we start with the Boston Bruins. They raised the bar early on and never looked back. I mean, an absolutely historic season for Boston. Now, being great in the regular season, numbers tell us, does not necessarily guarantee success in the playoffs. 
Man, they look tough to beat, though, Meany. I mean, what are your thoughts on Boston, and uh, can they continue to do in the playoffs, which is, you know, what they've done in the regular season, which is beat the hell out of everyone consistently? I know. It's remarkable. They just passed the 76 Canadians uh, the other night for the most points ever. I don't think they have the best winning percentage ever. Of course, there are fewer games back in the day, but going for win number 65 against the Canadians in Montreal tonight, I'm not sure what kind of lineup they'll roll out there, but for the most part, they have been playing their studs over the past couple of weeks. We've seen like Charlie Coyle and Patrice Bergeron uh, sit a little bit, but David Pasternak, right? He uh, up to 60 goals with a hat trick there the other night. He's been fantastic. You know, this Bruins team, and you're right to say that winning the President's Trophy has kind of been a, a little bit of a curse. You got to go back to the Blackhawks, you know, over 10 years ago for when they won the Stanley Cup as a President's Trophy winner. This team doesn't have any holes. They really don't. Um, they got a fantastic blue line. You know, everybody looks at Charlie Coyle, but Hampus Lindholm's been unbelievable for a Boston this season. They brought in Dmitry Orloff. You know, at first they had him on the third pair in Boston. Like, this is a guy that would be either in the first pair or second pair on like 90% of the teams across the league. Taylor Hall looks like he's ready to go. He's going to come off uh, IR when they're ready. They brought in Tyler Bertuzzi as like insurance for Hall. When he went down with the injury, they weren't sure how much time he would miss. A bit of a step back for guys like Bergeron and Marchand in terms of points per game this season, but they're so they have so much balance across the board. They're really tough to play against, clearly. And Linus Allmark has had a fantastic season. I mean, he's a lock for the Vesna. He's been great. He's, uh, you know, looking at some of the five and five numbers, he leads every single category in terms of goals saved above average, you know, five and five save percentage goals against average overall. It's, this is a tough team. I, I expect them to make a big run. I really do. I, I, the difference I think between them and other teams that may have won the president's trophy is just the experience that they have hustler on their squad. They have a lot of guys that have been there before and they've done it as well. I think the one guy that maybe hasn't is Allmark. Is he going to like a new season? Is there going to be any jitters there for him? I, I just don't think so. The way that this team plays five and five hockey, there's been no lull at all for them at all. Since January 1st, 73 points is the number one mark in the NHL. So it's not like they've had any issues. I think there was like a week stretch where they lost a couple games in the row in Chicago and in Detroit. Uh, those were definitely outlier games. I like this team at least to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they'll get by whoever they play in the first round, and I think they'll get by Tampa or Toronto in the second round as well. When you um, when you look at the uh, at the East, um, who do you think? I'm not sure. I know you guys run a lot of numbers at FPN. I mean, as you get ready for the playoffs, I mean, outside of Boston, um, like who's the biggest threat to the Bruins in your opinion in the East? I think it may be the Rangers or the Devils. Now, it looks like those two teams may each play each other in the first round. We'll see what happens tonight if Florida takes care of Carolina and New Jersey takes care of Washington. We'll actually see the Devils take that top spot and then Carolina and the Rangers would play each other. I do really like where the Rangers are at. Um, you know, at five and five, their numbers are not fantastic. They still give up a lot of high quality, you know, chances, but they do have Igor Shesterkin between the pipes. And I know he's had a up and down season, but this team is just one season removed, one goal away, one win away from beating the Tampa Bay Lightning last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I do believe bringing in a guy like Patrick Kane, who's got three Stanley Cups on his resume, bringing in a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, he's only a couple years removed from a Stanley Cup as well. You have a really strong top six. I like the addition of Vincent Trocek, who I think will see his significance of what he can bring to the table at this time of the season is a really strong two-way forward, great in the face-off circles, a great penalty killer. And then the kid line, who had a really nice playoff run last year as well. 
you know, Lafreniere is had an up and down, you know, first couple seasons in the NHL, but he looks good and Capo Caco looks great and Philip Hedel as well. So you got three lines that can score. Adam Fox is solid on the on the blue line and and in goal, you know, Shesterkin I think can go toe to toe with anybody in the NHL. On the on the flip side, I mentioned the Devils. I think maybe they're a year too early. Uh, but they're a team that really plays great at five and five as well. You know, finding a spot for Timo Meyer. He's been on the first line, second line, and third line. It actually seems like he's played his best hockey on the third line of late on that top line with Nico Heischer and, and Dawson Mercer. And, and Jack Hughes has been with Jesper Brad for the last little bit. This is a team that drives offense five and five as well. I think that they're going to be a very, very tough out. Those would be the two teams that I think could make some noise. I like the Leafs to get by the Lightning. I like the Leafs to finally win a first round here, but I don't think that they have what it takes to beat the Bruins in the second round. That's where I think it will end for them. So I'm looking at a team like Jersey or the Rangers, and I think one team that people really like from an analytical standpoint, Hustler, the Hurricanes, and I think they're in big-time trouble. I wouldn't be shocked if they were bounced in the first round. Well, and, you know, listen, I mean, they were the one team of those sort of top six that didn't make a big addition when they were in on Meyer. He goes to the Devils. Uh, you know, they made a couple of uh, acquisitions. They got Ghost Bear and they got Yessi Pugliarvi. But, I mean, it wasn't quite to the extent of the swings that some of those other teams took. And then you lose Svechnikov yeah. after losing Pacioretty. Um, You know, like, I think yeah. all things being equal, if they had all their players, I'd, I'd maybe think that they were the best chance to beat the Boston Bruins. But they're not the same team without those guys. And, uh you need to have all hands on deck if you're going to take a run at a team that's done what Boston has done so far. So let's get to the West. We have had a roller coaster of a season here in Winnipeg. Um, an unexpectedly incredible start to the season, which saw the Jets in first in the conference in the middle of January, and then a miserable couple of months that saw them, you know, play basically alongside some of the worst teams in the league when it comes to win percentage. They seem to have found their way, though, Chris. Uh, right when they needed it the most, they have rode Connor Hellebuck 13 straight games. He'll finally get a night off. He has been brilliant, and he is the backbone. And now things looking a little different. A third line that's really come together, led by Adam Lowry. A top line with Mark Shifley moving to the wing after he struggled yeah. so mightily for a while with Dubois and Connor, kind of opening up a spot for Nikolai Ehlers to be the driver on line two, assuming that he's healthy with Nemetsnikov and Blake Wheeler. I mean, from someone out of the market that has no skin in the game, how frisky of an underdog do you think the Winnipeg Jets might be when they play either the Vegas Golden Knights or the Edmonton Oilers, depending on what happens tonight? Yeah, I thought that, you know, maybe they would have a chance to beat Colorado tonight and Colorado wouldn't have that top spot and maybe get a different opponent. But I, I think they have, I think they're a team that you don't want to play, honestly, because I think it starts in goal, which you mentioned with Connor Hellebuck. And again, I'll go to some analytical numbers here, like goal saved above average. I mean, this is a guy that's number six in the NHL. He's right there with the the elite goalies this season. Allmark, Sorokin, Georgiev, Saros, Connor Hellebuck. He has been a staple for this team for years. It kind of feels like, in my opinion, when he's going, this Jets team is going. And he's the type of goalie that can not only steal a couple games or a first-round series, he's the type of goalie that can do like a J.S. Jaguar from the Ducks back in the days where he's just stealing a bunch of games for a team and, and finds a way to get into the Stanley Cup Finals. So I think for me on the outside, and I know you can speak to this and your viewers and listeners a little bit more, I find that when Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois are together, those guys are at the top of their game. 
And there's been moments where they haven't been together on a line. Maybe that's trying to get Shifley going or trying to get Nikolai Ehlers and Wheeler going, those kind of guys. But when those two players are together, I think it's one of the better one-two punches across the league. And it's been interesting to see Shifley on that line, on the wing, and it's kind of gotten him going as well. Love the addition of Nito Niederreiter. He's a guy that's been to in, to this point for years. He's actually scored some really big goals in the playoffs. I mean, a few years removed from uh, playing on the wild and storing a Stanley Cup winning goal against the Colorado Avalanche and upsetting an Avs team and bouncing them in the first round of the playoffs a few years ago as well. Uh, he's, you know, had some playoff action with the Preds. He's been around. So he's a guy that you can move up and down your lineup if there's things that are not working, whether you put it, we've seen him before in the first line and the first power play. So I think the Jets strong in goal and offensively they can bring it right they got three lines you mentioned the third line there with lowry but offensively they can go toe-to-toe with a lot of teams here in the west and i do believe the western conference is wide open like i like the golden knights have had a really nice season you know we'll probably see say theodore and mark stone into the playoffs they have some question marks in goal like are we really gonna give the edge to Laurent brassois Versus Connor Hellebuck? No, I don't think we're we are. I mean, Brisbane has played nine games. He's, like Eric Young told me on Dango Bad Sally this morning. Well, he's got a nine thirty save percentage. It's like, dude, he's played nine games. Like he's only played a minute this season. Jonathan Quick is not the same goalie. Logan Thompson doesn't look like he's going to be ready to go as well. So the Golden Knights can be beat. There's no question. I really do like where the Oilers are at, though. I know this is a Winnipeg show. I really like where Edmonton is at. I think well, they're clicking on all cylinders. Everyone, meaning. I mean, they've won what, eight or nine in a row right Everybody. now. Yeah. I, like Winnipeg and Edmonton were tied at 79 points about a month ago or so. Yeah. The Jets, yeah. you know, obviously that was sort of part of the time where they were having their struggles. Uh, although they had like a back-to-back series and the Jets ed- did end up winning one of the games, the game at home. But since then, I mean, the Oilers might have lost like two or three games literally in the past month and a half. And, you know, the Jets have done a good job to steady themselves and get to the finish line into the playoffs. But it's almost like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have continued to elevate their play to another level, which has got to be a nightmare for most NHL coaches. But if you're looking from a Winnipeg side, you do have to start every playoff series by looking at who's in net. And yep. there's nobody on the Oilers side that is inspired by look, Stu Skinner's had a great game. He doesn't have any experience. Jack Campbell's got more experience and has inspired no confidence in anyone right now. So no. certainly from a Jets standpoint, you need to lean on your goaltender, much like the Jets did when they swept the Oilers a couple seasons ago. Absolutely. However, I will grant you that this Oilers team looks like it is in another weight class than they were a couple years ago. And it almost seems like it's almost de- destined that at some point we're going to see Connor McDavid literally put a team on his back and take uh, longer than they even went last year. And that was to the conference final. Yeah, and if you remember in the conference final, I mean, they definitely didn't have the goaltending, and Leon Draisaitl was playing on basically one leg, and they lost. They got swept by the Avs, who, you know, went on to win the Stanley Cup. But there were a couple games where they were certainly in uh, that series, and you know, Evander Kane got into some issues, and he missed some time there in that series as well. But I mean, you alluded to it, the Edmonton Oilers. You can go back to January first. January first, this team is twenty nine seven and seven, and they're just two points back of the Boston Bruins who have the best record over that span and the Boston Bruins played two more games. So you can say the Edmonton Oilers have been the best team in the NHL here since January 1st. Uh, And you know, their five and five numbers are great. We all know that they're number one in goals per game at five and five since January 1st, they're number one as well. And it's, there's a large gap. They have the best power play in the league at 32%. 
to me, my the issues have has always been in goal and defensively. And since January 1st as well, the third fewest high danger chances allowed have five and five per 60. That's shot attempts inside the slot where a majority of the goals score right there with the elite teams defensively. And Stuart Skinner has a top 10 five and five save percentage as well since January 1st. So they are getting the goaltending. I think the biggest thing for me, Hustler, is what they did at the deadline. We talked about the Hurricanes dropping the ball and not adding any offensive firepower, but this team got Matias Ekholm, who I think is just a perfect fit for them on the blue line. And they brought in Nick Bugstad, who is uh, you know, just a, a great two-way player, more so for his defensive game than his offensive game. But they're tougher to play against. And they got three guys who hit the century mark. They're loaded on offense. They're going to be a very, very tough out. And I, I think that they, uh, I, I think we'll see them in the cup finals, actually. But hey, maybe Winnipeg will take them out first round. Well, thanks hey, to Connor Hallebach. We'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been looking at this all day. Do we know whether Vegas is playing all their guys tonight? Um, we don't, but I think they will. Like Jack Eichel is is kind of questionable. I saw him on a Pat McAfee podcast yesterday, and they uh, they said if he scored a hat trick on his way out, they'd give a hundred grand to any charity that he wanted. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to be shooting the puck like a madman in the final game." But he is questionable to play tonight. But they they do want to lock up that top spot, right? I, I do believe Edmonton can catch him, and they got a winnable game here tonight. So I, I think that they will play some of their guys here this evening and uh, maybe avoid a team like the Oilers. <laughs> well, it is, uh, it's going to be great. Before we go, um, we've talked a lot about the favorites. Um, I'm not sure whether you, we've, we don't know all the matchups yet, so this is maybe a difficult question to ask. But um, is there a team that is maybe, that will be starting on the road? Let's just say that, you know, the five to eight seeds on either side that you think is somewhat frisky that, you know, we could be talking about. There's always one team that goes on a bit of a there run. Is. You got to lean on a team or so that might be great betting value in the first couple rounds, or maybe that might really be able to surprise someone with a long run, not even though they're not in a position to even start at home. So I don't think the Islanders will go in a long run, but I think that they, if they do play the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm going to have a lean to that upset as good as Ilya Sorokin is. And we just talked about the struggles uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. So I think the Islanders could be that team that maybe surprises somebody in the first round. And uh, I'd be avoiding Carolina players in your playoff pool. The one team for me is the LA Kings. And I know we just talked about the Edmonton Oilers and we're in on the Jets. And I really do like where the Dallas Stars are at as a team. I love the addition of Evgeny Dononov and Max Domi. And I think they're really strong in net with Jake Ottinger. I was on the Kings in the summer when they picked up Kevin Fiala at 45 to one. There's still a number out there at 22 to one. This has been the best defensive team in the NHL over the last three months. There's questions, of course, in goal, but they've allowed the third fewest shot attempts at five and five, the fewest shots, the second fewest goals, the second fewest high danger chances. They got three really good lines. They're deep down the middle. I think Andre Kopitar is a very underrated defensive center. And Philip Deneau, we all know about Deneau. I mean, if you follow the Canadians in the bubble, what he did against the Jets and shutting down all the stars there and Marner and Matthews in the first round. And then Stone and Pacioretty only had a combined one goal in that third round as well. And this is a team that took the Oilers in the first round to seven games. So they're a little bit deeper offensively with the addition of Fiala, assuming he is healthy. I think that they are better in goal with the addition of Corpusalo as well. So this is a team that plays really good five and five. Hustler, I don't know what they call it. Like the one three one, the old devil's trap. If you watch this this LA team, they don't forecheck at all. 
They got three guys that hang out at the red line and they just eliminate the speed. They force you to dump the puck in. They play a really different style of hockey. Uh, it's more defensive minded than offensive minded. So I think that this is a team that really could surprise some people when the whistles are away. You're not getting all those power plays that you get in the playoffs. This is a team that really plays really strong five and five. So I wouldn't be shocked if they made a significant run as well. You know what? You nailed that description of the Kings. And uh, I mean, we saw it a few weeks ago when the Jets were in LA. I mean, you know, it was on the scoreboard is a relatively close game, but I mean, do not let them get a lead um, because oh. um, they'll smother you like a Python and it'll be over. Meanie, this has been a hell of a lot of fun. Fill people in on uh, what you and the FTN gang has heading into the Stanley cup playoffs. And now of course with baseball season well underway. Yeah, Mean Streets, uh, five days a week at 12 Eastern. We're covering all the sports. We just did an NBA playoff uh, preview there. RIP the Raptors, unfortunately, but we did talk about some teams there. If you want to go back and watch that, we're going to have a, a Stanley Cup preview show tomorrow at FTN Network. Of course, free to watch on our YouTube page, myself and Eric Young. And we're going to have a little fun NHL bracket for anybody that wants to uh, jump in and be in the Dangle Bad Selly bracket. And we'll be with you through the entire Stanley Cup playoffs as well a couple times a week, calling some you know shot props and props and uh, some sides and things like that. So a lot of fun happening over at FTN and uh, at Chris Meany. If anybody wants to get into that uh, Stanley Cup bracket, we'll be giving away some FTN swag and things like that. Hustler, always appreciate you uh, jumping on and not even one shot at my Eagles here. You, you just no, you a know true what? champion figured, over there. I, I figured I figured I would just say, listen, to be perfectly honest with you, I've been so focused and so stressed out on this run to get to the finish line and get into the playoffs. I didn't even have any ammo on the Super Bowl for you, but uh Listen, I, I love you, Meanie, and it's great to have you on. And I'll tell you what, let's do this again as we get into the playoffs. Absolutely. And I will offer my services to you. When you when you guys are going, geez, who can we talk about this incredible upstart Jets team pulling off all these love upsets it. through the playoffs? You talk to me. I'm for you. I'm there for you anytime, man. Thanks again for doing this. Appreciate it. Good luck to the Jets out there. Have a good show. Take care. Appreciate it, dude. There's Chris Meany. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Meany. And uh, you can check out Mean Streets, too. If you ever see the RP show on Game Plus Network, it's also a simulcast uh, there. We are going to talk Jets. Don't forget Ken Weaves in Colorado. He'll be jumping on with us in uh, probably 25 minutes or so uh, to give us the latest on the squad going into this game. But coming up in just a moment, we are going to welcome in Christina Litz from the Winnipeg Jets and True North to talk, obviously, about the upcoming playoffs, but also about the forever Winnipeg campaign that a lot of people have been talking about. We certainly have been here on the program for the last couple of days. Before we bring in Christina, uh, I do want to thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, if you're looking for great prices on natural or an organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, stop at any one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores, <clears throat> excuse me, or online at myvita.ca. When you stop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family owned and operated since 1936. Also, with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products. Guys, if you had your healthy fats today, yes, there is such a thing. Omega-3 fatty acids are beneficial for your skin, brain, joint, and heart health. That's where Health First Omega Supreme comes in. Get your healthy fats the easy way with this one-a-day soft gel. Health First Omega Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at their fully shoppable website, at myvita.ca. Uh, congratulations again to our unsung hero we announced yesterday with Wallace and Wallace. Of course, uh, that unsung hero and all of our unsung heroes this summer get a signed jersey from Jets all-star defenseman 
Josh Morrissey. But hey, spring is here. Summer's just around the corner. How's your fences and uh, your fence doing? Uh, is it beat up from the winter? If you need a new one or maybe a touch up on your uh, current one, they have been the uh, serving residential and commercial customers as the leaders in fencing since 1946. Vinyl, ornamental, wear lid wire, chain link, or wood. They've got the right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, Walson Wallace also has Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Give them a buzz at 452-2700. The Walson Wallace team will arrange a time to give you a free estimate. Find more at wallaceoffenses.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Fellas, how's the uh, how's the wardrobe looking? How's the closet? You ready for spring and summer? Well, if not, head on downtown 190 Smith Street and check out our pals at F Apparel, the leaders in custom menswear here in Winnipeg. They've got it all. Custom suits starting at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties. And if you got a 2023 high school grad, bring the young man in. Get him suited up with a uh, suit he can wear at the grad and into this next chapter of his life. F Apparel, hook him up with a free custom shirt and tie valued at 150 bucks. Make an appointment online at fapparelephapparel.com or pop down and see him at 190 Smith Street. And I know the weather's getting nice. It's playoff weather back in Winnipeg. Certainly nice here in Toronto this week. Uh, no better place to uh, really feel spring than pop by one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs and jump on a blizzard with the fam. Four locations in Winnipeg, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And of course, if you need a DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake, all you need to do is hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll get it ready for you. Quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right. Let's talk playoffs, let's talk Jets, and let's talk about the Forever Winnipeg campaign. And really pleased to welcome in from Winnipeg Jets HQ and True North Sports and Entertainment, Christina Litz to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Christina, thanks so much for doing this. How are you? I am great. How are you, Huss? I am. Uh, I'm awesome. Um, listen, Where I, I, are my, you? my, my st- I, well, I'm in the, I'm in the old Maple Leaf Gardens right now. As a matter of fact, uh, it is now called the Madame Athletic Center, and it is connected to which I didn't realize Ryerson University is now called Toronto Metropolitan University. But yeah. uh, one of our great partners, Princess Auto, is um, it's their big event uh, for the uh, Grand Slam of curling. So we've got five Manitoba teams and uh, one of the biggest events of the year. So it's a perfect opportunity to come down, check out some curling. And it's all worked out perfectly because the last thing I wanted to be doing is sweating out game number 82 away from Winnipeg. But the plan has all come together. The Jets are in the playoffs and uh, this city is going to be rocking next week. I want to talk forever Winnipeg with you, but what's the buzz like around uh, the office and downtown with the team in there? And I imagine there's still, we got to find out who we're playing right now and ticket information but i'm sure it's a very busy time for everybody there as you get ready to drop the puck on a great number whiteout oh it's been such an exciting couple of days here there's absolutely a buzz throughout a ton of planning a uh just the machine that goes in you i mean you've seen it here uh with with the with the super talented group happening like it is a well-oiled machine because they have done this they have done this a few times now, and it's it's so exciting to watch. Everybody just has an extra spring in their step, certainly in this office. And then, yeah, I'm seeing the flags come come out on the cars, and and you know, people picking out what they're going to put in their windows, and and getting out the whites. It's 
uh, you need to get back. It's pretty exciting. Well, and, uh, and of course, the uh, you know the announcement of the Forever Winnipeg campaign I think sort of coincided with the fact that we were about to be ready to go with playoffs. And, you know, I guess a big part of what you guys are trying to do right now, excuse me, as we, you know, try to, you know, uh, rejuvenate this business, uh, the fan base is, um, you know, to let people realize some of the benefits of being a season ticket holder. And part of that certainly is access to your seats and additional seats for playoffs. Um, we'll kind of talk about that in a minute, but just strictly for fans that are, oh my God, when can I get my seats? I want to get in there. We'll find out tomorrow what the who the Winnipeg Jets are playing. I'd imagine probably a schedule of games with an opponent in the next couple of days and ticket yeah. information for game three and game four very shortly after that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're a season ticket member already, you've been able to lock in uh, lock in your seats for for playoffs. And and today there was an exclusive presale for for members to to add on a few tickets. But come Saturday at noon, uh, the the rest of the inventory will will go on sale. And by then, you know, we'll have a we'll have a sense of the, the matchup and and days. So so and and some more announcements coming tomorrow. I don't want to spoil everything but stay tuned <laughs> but let's just say there's a lot of planning happening around here and you know read into that what you want <laughs> well you know what I, I i imagine i wouldn't i can't imagine it would be any other way um and again we'll find, see what happens on the ice tonight and uh, then get everything sort of locked and loaded for uh, for the playoffs um but you did mention that pre-sale four season ticket holders i got mine earlier today i was reading it and uh, you know as the opportunity to do that uh, of course, that is a big part of what the organization and uh, you guys are trying to do to, uh, you know, with the Forever Winnipeg campaign. And, you know, maybe right off the bat, uh, you know, it was, it's it's always so interesting in today's day and age how certain things can be taken differently by different people. Um, no better person to talk to to you. Um, uh, fill us in on, um, you know, the plan, the purpose of Forever Winnipeg and, and the message that um, you were trying to get across to Winnipeggers, Manitobans, as well as Winnipeg Jet fans. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, this is the beginning of our sales campaign for for next next season. And in a perfect world in sports and entertainment, you kind of want that to happen um, while your season is is still in play and and uh, you know being back in in Winnipeg, you've seen this come summer. It's kind of hard to get a hold of people after, um, after you know certainly after school start uh, stops. So you know recognizing and and I think you do because we we talked about it really opening that that we have um, uh, memberships to sell this year to reestablish that base. We really wanted to get the campaign going and rolling and out there. Uh, while the season was still in play and then, you know, add on excitement of playoffs on top of that, you know, momentum is really important in, um, in sports marketing, as you know, and so you kind of want to feed on that, but would say this is just the start, right? You know, this uh, certainly, uh, you know, sales cycles happen all year and, and, you know, we've just come out of and uh, still in a cycle where, we're dealing with current membership renewals and relocations and all the things that happen year to year. Um, but very consciously right now is a new campaign. It's multifaceted of which this, this video is one part of it. We wanted to kick it off. We wanted to have this conversation and make people understand that, um, you know, we, we do want to, there are memberships to uh, season ticket memberships to be bought. And we do want to reestablish that base because there's nothing like a full building 
at a Winnipeg Jets game. And, and so, so, you know, it's the start of it, but as you see, you know, in, in the next couple of uh, days and weeks, you're going to see more of the campaign in out of home, like those billboards, digital, there's new, there's content that's going to be coming uh, throughout the summer. And then apart from that, I think you've heard and you read about is, is a little bit of the, the strategy to kind of uh, engage businesses more deeply. Uh, they've been so supportive of, of us and we're so grateful for their support across the board in so many ways. Um, but in some research on, you know, the makeup of, of our building, we thought uh, there was perhaps more opportunity to to get more more season ticket members from the business community. And, and so that's going to be a, a, a different a different sort of strategy and, and campaign going forward. But uh, yeah, so this is just this is just the start. But we're grateful for the conversation and and uh, and, you know, taking note of, of everything. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I think it's. I mean, this has been one of the most unique stories in sports anywhere. I mean, when you consider yeah. 15 years without a team, coming back with a drive to 13,000 and a building that was pretty much impossible to get a ticket to for the first number of years. Now, you know, I'm probably naive to think that that was going to last forever, but um, I think anyone that's been in the building, particularly this year, and again, coming out of the pandemic, it's, uh, I mean, it's an incredible time in all of our lives. We have seen more empty seats, and uh, it's obviously been more of a challenge, and there's more of a job for True North to do to try to reconnect with fans that they've lost in the past and also engage with new ones and get them on board. And uh, it is incredibly important. I think we sort of got that as well on, uh, you know, from the messaging. But, I mean, maybe if you could just speak to, um, you know, the challenge, I guess, at hand, starting with this Forever Winnipeg campaign to not only try and get a bunch of new people, but maybe re-engage and hopefully reconnect yeah. with some people that um, maybe have fallen by the wayside for whatever reason over the course of the last four or five years. Well, I feel you got a sneak peek into our marketing strategy over here, Hus, because you really nailed it. I mean, really uh, around the time uh, that the pandemic or, or throughout the pandemic, we, we did lose uh, a substantial portion of our base that, you know, around around that 2000 uh, members and and it's all sorts of reasons uh, that you would think, but you know it, it's not a it's not a challenge that only you know we saw. It's a challenge for anybody in the sports and entertainment business. You know, people really got used to being at home and and ordering in and the big screens and and it's just it's taking time, right? Like it's taking time to change those behaviors and then and then you know from year to year uh, you, you get another thousand people and that's been the case for you know, since, since we've been here, whether you're retiring, you're moving on, uh, you know, that, that's, that's been, um, that's been part of it too. So yeah, for sure. We want to, we want to reconnect. Um, and certainly you see that, that reference in the, in the video we, um, uh, we put out, you know, reconnect with the people who are really so instrumental in bringing this team back. Like, like that's, you know, it's just so, it's such an incredible and unique community in sports that way. Um, and, uh, and it's really the reason why the Jets are back is because of community. So definitely want to reconnect with that group to the extent that we, we haven't um, been doing so much, but you're right. The new is really important to us. I think that, you know, is a bit of a longer process and, and it's everything from, you know, this week I was at Oakville, Manitoba for the Jets town takeover. Oh, that looked amazing. Oh, it was so great. Like it was so great. And when you see like the little kids, every single little kid in there had some sort of 
gestures and having the best time of their lives. Like those are connections. We all have those memories growing up and connecting uh, with the Jets. If you grew up in Winnipeg um, when, when they were still here. Um, and, uh, and, and so there's that. And then, and then we have like the, the, the makeup of our province and our city is changing. And, and so this year, um, you know, we've made a real concerted effort to also engage with, uh, uh, new Winnipegers, new communities through some of the heritage nights where, you know, hockey might not be the first sport they're, they're thinking of and maybe don't feel as welcome. You know, we haven't, you know, ha- don't feel as welcome or feel uncomfortable. And, and, and so that's a really important strategy for us too, which is a longer, you know, longer term, you know, come out to a game, engage with the moose, like, you know, people are in different paths in terms of their affordability um, for, for different products and, and, and their comfort level. Um, but, you know, it's just about, it's about the fan development, uh, taking care of the fans that we have and the tremendous season ticket base members that have stuck with us from day one, because there are a lot of them and we are absolutely grateful uh, to making sure that we're uh, keeping this team uh, healthy and exciting for, for and, and here for generations to come forever, right? Like that's really at the end of the day, the forever Winnipeg uh, is is all about. And and this is just the start. Well, and, and I mean, so listen, I, I appreciate that. And it's true. I mean, I've had lots of conversations with people about, you know, that messaging. I mean, the bottom line is that, and we knew this from the day one that the National Hockey League came here, uh, the second time Gary Bettman said it. I mean, this won't work if, you know, we don't have strong crowds going forward. And, you yeah. know, with some of the fall off a little bit, I mean, I understand and I empathize that, you know, there is work to be done. And listen, I, I want to give you particularly some credit uh, as well as your team, because um, listen, there was legitimate criticisms of many things that have happened in the past. I think that, over the last couple of years, maybe people haven't seen it, maybe having people around to do it. But I mean, I think the game presentation has taken, you know, has taken leaps and bounds um, improvements over the last little bit. And something I think I'm pretty sure you're very involved in. I don't know if I can remember uh, a bigger change from year to year on some of the social media and the content and things that this team has done that hadn't been done in the past that you know, I think, you know, fans really do appreciate. So there have been a lot of things, you know, folks that you've been able to see, but I think there was obviously a uh, recognition at times that maybe the organization needed to do more for their season ticket holders. And just, I mean, I can tell you from my own personal experience, a uh, nice season ticket gift this year, the food and beverage discount we always hear, and this is no, you're not unique to Winnipeg. I mean, pro sports and We've seen some changes in that. I mean, a 25% discount on all that has gone a long ways. Um, but you guys really have tried to do everything, I'd imagine, from reading these, these materials to um, incentivize people to realize that while, yes, it is a significant commitment, you need that, trying to return that to uh, fans with uh, a number of things to uh, reward them for the commitment that you're hoping they'll make with season tickets. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're seeing that. I would say this has been long in the works before I got here. Uh, you know, uh, there is a, there is an incredibly talented group, you know, who have really been trying to, uh, uh, you know, look at the market data coming in, the fan, the fan, the fan data. Uh, you know, we we had you know a new BI department started in 2016. To really start understanding the game day experience, you know what people were looking for, what was valuable, 
and and a lot of those changes have been um, in the works. Like certainly Dorian and Kyle on the game presentation front and bringing in projection and and uh, you know some of those those improvements and 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 we have an amazing you know guest experience lead in Stain and and then and then Norva and LJ doesn't get any better. This is an incredible team that couldn't care more about uh, our fans than any other uh, sports team or league I've worked in. And, and so, you know, we think about this, we obsess about this night and day this year, in addition to, um, you know, looking at all of the data, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, which led us to changes to our whole membership program and the benefits and value, you know, we've brought on this great fan advisory member council um, who like are literally responsible for some of the changes that you're seeing in our, our membership um, benefits this year. So, you know, we we heard what we're trying to do is address some of the barriers that have been raised to uh, our group um, in the past. So, you know, if, if, you know, people are talking about expenses around food and beverage, like you said, you know, you're getting 20, if you're a full member, you're getting 25% off beer and pizza and popcorn. And, and so, you know, that was really important to us and would mention, I think, on the calls that I've been with the NHL, there's nobody who has a higher percentage <laughs> discount than than we do. And then the ticket swap this year, uh, you know, in, re in recognition with from data that we've, uh, we received that, you know, we had, we do have a lot of games and sometimes you can't go to them and it's hard, you know, to, to um, deal with that. There'll be some limited ability to swap out, you know, tickets for, for other games that you might, you know, bring some friends to or, or for other games that you might want to go to. Um, and, and would say, you know, one of the huge, big changing market conditions in, in this market has been the unregulated, this is going to get complicated, but it's really important, unregulated nature of secondary ticketing. So that's the stub hubs and seat geeks where um, it's been really difficult for members, for our own members to resell tickets for games they can't go to because we haven't had a platform that is easily searchable. So you have the seat exchange that's been difficult sometimes for people to we sell tickets. Well, that's changing this year, and, and the team's been working hard on changing legislation at the province level to to hopefully bring that that flexibility. So this year we will have TM Plus available, so you you know it's more easily your tickets if you want to resell them are more easily found. So so this has been a, you know years in the making, and and I'm glad that that you're starting to see it, and we will continue, and it's going to be years in the making to go. Like you know we just we want to take that data. We want to talk to people on the one-to-one -one basis. Uh, we are reading social media, good and bad, um, and and uh, and you know we're listening. Uh, we have for a long time, and these things do take some time to to get together. But I'm glad people are starting to to see that difference. Well, listen, I, uh, I you know, I, listen. I think um, it goes without saying. I mean, I'm not. I want this to work. I want uh, you know our city's better with uh, all of our teams being incredibly healthy. Um, but in particular, I mean, if you were here between 1996 and 2011, you know what it was like with the Winnipeg Jets and without the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, and I think at this point, I'm going into next week and uh, having first whiteouts and playoff hockey in uh, the better part of five years, um, hopefully the timing's perfect for this to, uh, you know, sort of re-engage and, um, and get back some of those folks and again get some new people on board because um big picture it's incredibly important i mean I, 
listen, I know some people have taken this a different way, but I mean, I don't know if there's any uh, places more so, especially Winnipeg, though, with being the smallest market. I mean, you need to have you need to have butts in the seats. You need to have a full building. And the bottom line is, as much as that's a, a business thing that the folks in your office have to worry about, as a fan, as people that go to games, uh, full buildings make the experience that much better. And, um, you know, hopefully we're going to see that in the next couple of weeks and continue that going forward. Um, you mentioned, Christina, going, you know, that there'll be more information um, in the next little while. But for for people that want to find out more on this, for people that may be thinking whether they were someone that had seats before and they're in a different situation now or want to see what options are, um, how are things going to be rolled out? Who do they talk to? What uh, What's the process if people, you know, want to take some action and say, well, not only would I like to get my playoff tickets right away, but I'm in. Yeah, that's great. Well, first of all, we welcome that. Uh, I think the best place uh, right now is to go to foreverwinnipeg.ca and there's a form you can fill out. Uh, there's links right there to uh, to information on the different packages that are available. You can look at the benefits, you can look at the pricing, you can look at the, the seating um, and then fill out a form. And uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very busy over on the ticket sales side of the floor right now, um, but we are gonna get back to you and have that conversation, make sure we're getting you what you need and answering all your questions. But yeah, you got it right there. You're, you're pulling it up. That's uh, all, all the information is there and uh, fill out that form. We'll, we'll get back to you um, as soon as possible. Uh, uh, but we, uh, we're looking forward to this and looking forward to continuing uh, to engage the conversation, learn more about what, you know, what, what's working and, and, and continuous improvements is, I think you, if you remember our true north values here, it's, it's part of, uh, it's part of what we do and we'll, we, you know, we're committed to doing that going forward. Well, uh, I can't think of any better way to get this going and get some momentum than uh, kicking some butt in the first round of the playoffs next week. You're going to need to uh, grab a white blazer, by the way. I know, uh, no, no, I'm, I, I'm, I've got, I've got the whites ready, but can't bring them out too soon. <laughs> no, it's true. Hey, one more game tonight. This is game number 82. But as yeah. of tomorrow, it's playoff season in Winnipeg. Christina, um, thanks very much for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on. And I know uh, many people will. Uh, uh, you know, will will as well. Um, best of luck to the club this season. Now let's get some playoff uh, excitement going on in Winnipeg. And uh, as I said, uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking uh, again uh, throughout the off season as this moves forward and uh, hopefully for many years to come. Thanks very much for doing this. Thanks for the interest. Good stuff. There's Christina Litz from uh, True North Sports and Entertainment and the Winnipeg Jets. And again, foreverwinnipeg.ca. Um, interested in uh, you know in the uh, you know in feedback on this, but. Feedback to us is one thing. Feedback to the people at True North and the Winnipeg Jets, I think, is probably the most important. And, uh, um, you know, Christina has, I think, really been a, a key addition to that staff and has done some really great things. And uh, listen, as I said, you know, a couple times this year, uh, this week on the show, um, there is a lot of work to be done, but it looks like that's happening right now. And, um, you know, our focus is going to be on uh, what's happening on the ice the next little while. But, you know, with, this team being back in the playoffs, you know, I think everyone that is, it was a stakeholder, which I think most people that are fans, whether you have season tickets or you're a business or whatnot, I mean, you want to see this work and you want to see it work long, uh, long term. And, you know, the work is starting right now to hopefully get back to uh, where we've been the majority of the time in the 2.0 era. Uh, but next week, it is all about the playoffs. I'm speaking of that. Kenny Weave's going to jump on with us in just a couple of minutes. But I can tell you that uh, the uh, the folks are running up. A little warm-up's going on right now for the afternoon draws here. 
at the Anatomy Athletic Center for the Princess Auto Grand Slam of Curling Players Championship. Uh, I got my pals uh, Danny and um, Jillian here from Princess Auto. Of course, they are the present presenting sponsor of this event, but uh, also the uh, backers and sponsors of Team Jennifer Jones, Team Reed Carruthers, and uh, Mike McEwen as well. Um, and Princess Auto has been unbelievable to us as well. So we appreciate them having us out here and a great opportunity to take WST on the road, see some world-class curling and uh, hang out with them. Of course, they've also got the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Um, man, my pals down at Consolidated Supply are ready for the playoffs and ready for next week. Not only are the Jets back in the postseason, they're having their long-awaited grand opening at their brand-new headquarters and showroom at 1395 Niagara Road East. Consolidated Supply, leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and the club car dealer in Manitoba. So, got a big stake in the golf game. But they can also do that same for you and your property, whether it is irrigation. You want that dream putting green in the backyard, or maybe you've got need for a new or used golf cart, all there at Consolidated Supply. But in addition, speaking of that backyard, hot tubs and spas, and an incredible selection of outdoor kitchens that you really have to see. Mark this down. Next Thursday, April 20th, from 2 to 8 p.m., grand opening. We're going to have food trucks there, refreshments, some raffle prizes, Remo and I will be popping down as well. Would love to see you there. And I'll pop by, see Joe Spicy and the gang, great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, guys at Royal Sports are ready to go for playoffs. You've got whites ready to go, jerseys, all of it, thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise and so much more at Royal Sports. So get down there and get ready for the whiteout to pack Canada Life Center next week, whether it's the Golden Knights or whether it is the Edmonton Oilers. Spring stocks arriving daily right now. Also with soccer, baseball, tennis equipment, and a huge selection of bikes. It is the biggest and best store around the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champ of all things hockey and sports merchandise, Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Check them out on Instagram as well, Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, if you're uh, wondering who the Jets are going to be playing tonight, maybe it, uh, get together with the guys, start thinking about playoff tickets and playoff games and watch the uh, Golden Knights and Oilers tonight on the tube. What better place to do that? Then down at Boston Pizza. Your neighborhood BP's waiting for you. Ice cold schooners, Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, all the latest treats from their BP feature menu waiting for you. And hey, if you are staying at home tonight, you can always get the great taste of Boston Pizza online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Remo back in here for a minute, Remo. And uh, listen, I uh, what did you think of uh, you know a conversation with Christine? I mean, listen, there's been a lot of feedback and there's been a lot of takes on this, and I think the big reason is that it is so important for this city, and I think it's so important to so many folks. Um, but the bottom line is, as we've talked before, work to be done, and it seems like uh, a lot of that is beginning in earnest right now. Yeah, I mean, they really never had to try to sell tickets, and this is the first real um, season ticket campaign we've seen from them. Uh, so I'm curious to see how this is going to go. And, uh, you know, the one thing that has stood out to everyone was from what Mark Chipman was saying at the Chamber of Commerce meeting, 
uh, as I try to fix up my camera here. Um, but that you know the business community, uh, how many you know how many tickets are owned by individuals rather than businesses? So I wonder if we'll see the business community step up with more season tickets. We're already and seeing people, that, in, and you know yeah. it's it's a great point, and it's unlike anywhere else in the National Hockey League. And a big part of that was because of the nature of the drive to thirteen thousand. There was so much demand, and everybody wanted a piece and it basically came in where there were all those seats that were put on on that one day they were gone in 10 minutes and there's a lot of businesses that weren't able to get them at that time um and 85 percent of the tickets were basically held by individuals and uh you know certainly i mean i think that there's work to be done to get some of those individuals back some people are gone some people moved on i mean obviously lots has changed since 2011 but you're exactly right in something that Mark did said. I mean, I think that will definitely be a big target and strategy of theirs to um, try to engage the business community in a way that maybe they weren't able to before when they were sold out with 85% of tickets there. Bottom line is they've uh, got some tickets to sell. It seems they're working hard to do it. And uh, I was glad for Christina to come on. I think she was a great person to speak to it. And uh, certainly hope that goes well because it's better for everyone in this city when that building is full and it's a hell of a lot better to be at the rink and it should be full next week and let's hope that uh it would be a great way to kick uh kick off all this now weaver's gonna come with us on in just a minute remo um but uh well i'll tell you what we can play a little bit of this afterwards because sure. there was uh, some interesting stuff from rick bonus i know ken will speak to it um because he was uh, there and uh, looks like weaver's ready to go from Denver, yeah, Colorado, time. before game 82. Kenny, what's up? How are you? How are things down in the Mile High City? Did you go to the ball game yesterday? Yes, Hassad, I know it was a rhetorical question, but uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, brought the hammer with me. Uh, enjoyed some pleasant, pleasant weather, 82 Fahrenheit, so 28 degrees here. So not trying to rub it in, but it was a, it was very... You know, very enjoyable afternoon at the ball yard, Coors Field, one of the great uh, locations in the new majors. And a uh, little Canadiana, Tyler O'Neill, among the four home run hitters. And it was also a very interesting scene, Huss, Nolan Arenado with a key blast for the Cardinals. And there was a lot of cheering from both the traveling Cardinals uh, fan base and the Rockies who remember him and are still and and remembering the franchise is paying him to play for someone else still I believe so yeah it was great great afternoon Huss uh, obviously anything in the ballpark let's get to business yeah I did not uh, match your poutine hot dog that you had but uh, I did have a little bit of a local uh, local Italian sausage at the ballpark Huss it's tough to it's tough to it's one of the soft spots for me as you know going to the ballpark you usually have to have a a, a ballpark frank if you will uh, it was quite tasty uh, very enjoyable afternoon got the work done in the morning didn't have to fly at the crack of dawn so yeah and as you know the vibe today is a lot different than it might have been had the result been different uh, the, the mood around the room let's just say uh, was a little bit more uh, joyful to borrow a phrase from a uh, former well, tell us, I mean, what Jets is it like? I'd coach. imagine this. I'd imagine this group is, um, you know, incredibly excited. I'm sure there was a real element yep. of relief after uh, after the game in Minnesota. Um, to get it, we talked about this. I had Jeff on before. I mean, this was an opportunity for the Jets not just to, you know, to be a playoff team, but to do it on their terms, to do yep. it on a, with a win, to do it against a team that. They hadn't beaten all season, and they checked off all of those boxes in a game that looked a lot like a playoff game, or at least a playoff <laughs> rivalry by the end of it, Ken, as uh, kind of all hell broke loose. 
Yeah, third period for sure, Huss, was uh, was a little bit of a hell in a cell type special where he almost had the two coaches going at it. And I know we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, there's definitely, it's twofold, Huss. There is a sense of relief among this group, but there's also a sense that they're starting to track back to the team that was playing in October, November, December, and the early part of January. So I think it's super interesting, Huss, because we're all going to paint this as, oh, Jets are one versus eight. They're this massive underdog in round one, which by points is really true. But I I don't think it's really accurate to say the Jets are going to be a monumental underdog in round one, no matter if they're playing the Oilers or the Golden Knights in this case. Will they be the favorite? No, absolutely not. They don't deserve to be the favorite. But this is no David and Goliath scenario, even though the Jets had a you know quite a bit of a tailspin down the stretch run here uh, before resetting or recalibrating to go seven and three. The mood around the team is definitely one of relief, but there's also they're sort of starting to get this L.A. Kings feel, and this is not to say they've got 16 playoff wins in them, Hus, but they kind of feel like they have some of the components that they could be a dangerous and tough out in the playoffs. A uh, bunch of the players went to the ballpark yesterday too. So I, I think the, the joy level, there's a lot more looseness and, and has, the other part of this too, and you touched on it with, with these six players being held out of the game, only one of them due to injury and Nikolai Ehlers. And uh, I'll, I'll circle back to him in one second, but there's going to be a hunger with this Jets team because they've got a bunch of guys that haven't played in a long time. But, you know, the fifth line, the powder blue line, whatever you want. I mean, it's interesting. They'll probably play together, Huss. But in a lot of ways, there's jockeying for position, right? In ter- you know, depending on what happens with Perfetti, if one player is unavailable, like who's going to be the best player on that line to be you know, is it Carson Kuhlman? Is it Axel Janssen Fialbi? Is it David Gustafson? I know some of that may be by position, but it, it's also a factor. There's internal competition in the internal competition. So that's not to say that the Jets are going to be going, you know, tooth and nail with a team that's still battling for first in the central tonight. But I think they're, the the engagement level is still going to be high, even though the roster is, you know, the, with all due respect to those players, is going to be considerably more watered down. Yeah, listen, I mean, you know, and that we were hoping that that was the opportunity that they were going to get, um, you know, to be able to give Connor Hellebuck a night off, mm-hmm. to give a couple of these guys a little bit of a uh, little bit of an extra rest and get ready for when it really matters. And that is next week. Let's talk about Ehlers. I mean, a lot yep. of people are still pissed off, myself included, over the gong show that happened and what I think was an absolute cheap shot. I know Hartman got one game last game of the season. Big deal, although little bit of a haircut when it comes to the paycheck. Um, but what's most important for the Winnipeg Jets is Nikolai Ehlers' status. And yep. I don't know, naively, I hope to have some information today on that. But I realize that the Jets are basically in the playoffs. And that is a point where information, legit information, is few and far in between. I mean, what's your sense of where Ehlers at? And <clears throat> will he be Nikolai Ehlers in the lineup for the Winnipeg Jets when it really counts? And that's next week. Yeah, Huss, as you know, I did my best to pry into the <laughs> pry with Rick Bonus uh, on that front today, and he was having none of it, as you saw and heard. Uh, here, here are my observations. Nikolai Ehlers was in half gear on Monday, or t- sorry, Tuesday night. We're in the room interviewing Mark Shifley. I see over my shoulder, there's Nikolai Ehlers. He's, you know, 
got his hockey pants still half on. So it, two things. Out of concussion protocol is a major win for Nikolai Ehlers. So the upper body injury we do not believe is a head injury. Could it be a shoulder injury or something else? I'm not sure. I understand the conspiracy theorists are run, you know, working overdrive here saying somebody had to help Nikolai Ehlers out of a jersey. And, and we know what goes around social media. So Nikolai Ehlers saw him on the walk back from the ballpark yesterday, not in a position where I was close enough to speak with him, but I did see him walking around. He was not in a sling. He was not having his arm hanging down at his, at his waist. Does that mean that he's healthy and ready to go for game one? No, but it also means he wasn't in the doctor's office for observation on Tuesday. It wasn't that he was in his room or, or sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber on Wednesday when the Jets were here in Denver. I uh, also saw him briefly when I was interviewing Nino Nita Ryder today walking around. He seems to be fine. Does that mean that he's healthy and 100%? That I don't know. But what I do know is that he does not seem to be in serious distress. So... I would expect him to play in game one. Is that a lead pipe lock? No. I expect him to be in game one unless something bizarre happens in the next couple of days here. I I don't think there's reason for Jets fans to be overly concerned. But the fact that Rick left the door open obviously leads you to believe that you have to leave a certain percentage open that maybe he's not available for game one. But I expect him to be in the lineup for game one. Good. Well, I hope you're right. I'm going to roll with you. I expect him to be in, and uh, obviously, if that's not the case, that would be a big hit for the Winnipeg for Jets. Sure. Let's get to Bones. Um, he was as animated as we've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, podcast listeners can't see what Ken's doing, but uh, it was quite clear there was Bush League and Bull Bleep uh, directed the way of Dean Evison. I know you spoke with him a little bit more, and we'll have a few of the clips later on. Yeah. But, uh, tell us about your conversation with Bones. I mean, obviously you covered the lineup in tonight's game, but I'm sure he still had um, maybe some issues with the way things went down in uh, the Twin Cities. Oh, did he ever? Uh, he, you know, first he started out as playful. Uh, obviously, as you as you heard, he was he actually kind of enjoyed himself being in the motion emotion part of it and the passion we know he's passionate uh he didn't get into what was said uh or the pointing or the arms arm waving uh but he did he, he loved the emotion and he was more than happy to see his players stick up for themselves and for him to let dean evison know he did not appreciate seeing ryan reeve sent over the boards for a wild power play in the last 30 seconds of the hockey game um and we know marcus felino made his way to the jets bench and all of those things also so uh, I asked him near the end, Huss, uh, you know, what, as a, as a coach, how do you know? I said, did, did the players enjoy the exchange? And Rick got a little sheepish. He's like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't know about that. And then I said, it's kind of rare when coaches go back and forth. I said, you know, how do you know when it's time to start barking at the opposing coach and Huss, you know, this, sometimes those guys are actually friends and they have to go start yelling oh, yeah. at one another. So his answer is here. Again, there are 30 seconds to go. It's 3-1, and the faceoff is outside, and he's got the last change. We have our penalty killers out there because we're short. He's got last change, and it was clear what happened. The puck wasn't even dropped. He runs his bench the way he runs it. He runs his team. I run my team. Did I like it? No. <laughs> so he didn't – that's where the playfulness kind of stopped us, but it was kind of – it was just funny – 
because that, that would have been one where it would have been like when the cameras stopped rolling, you would have loved to have Rick continue uh, in that scenario. But I love the fact that Rick got into it. Good, good on him. Like part of part of asking, you know, what we've heard this all year since Bamf. You attack one of us, you attack all of us. That's been the mantra by the team, by Rick, by everything else. Rick's part of that, right? So if he feels his players are being attacked, he is going to fire back as well. Jeff Hamilton and I were speaking with Adam Lowry also this morning. Huss. And so for a little bit more background that was not available until Adam told us this story, Ryan Reeves at the faceoff dot said to Appleton, we're going. And Appleton's like, no. And Lowry's like, no, no, Revo, no, you're not going with him. And that's why Adam basically took the fight. Now, he came to take out Appleton. I mean, well, not to take him out, but well, he like, like on the like on the draw, deciding- he basically is challenging. He's saying we're going. Like, so I don't know if it was something as more intimidation or if he was actually going to jump him. I mean, probably unlikely, but that's why Adam felt it was important for him to take the fight. Now, Adam being Adam and being kind of joke joking, was it my smartest decision? Probably not. Do I regret it? No. Would I do it again? Absolutely. So, but like, here's the thing. Adam also was smart enough to know that if he gets engaged in a fight in game 81 after the result is in hand, and he's the one on the receiving end of the takedown instead of delivering the takedown, and he falls on his shoulder or breaks his hand, that's a way bigger blow for the Winnipeg Jets than it is for the Minnesota Wild, Andrew. But here's the other part. We saw how the bench reacted, and we saw the video that the Jets posted of the players down the tunnel when Lowry came off the ice. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, like, legitimate, you're shaking here. And you could tell Lowry was shaking. You know, the only difference between Lowry and Marcus Foligno the night before in in Chicago is he didn't pull the gladiator with the helmet. But that's how he was feeling, right? Like, one of those kind of blackout kind of moments. And the way the players banged on their sticks on the bench. And I understand there's some people, Huss, that maybe didn't play sports at that level that think, Oh man, what is Ken talking about? Banging their sticks on the boards. Who cares? What does that mean? This is a galvanizing moment for a hockey team, Huss. Somebody else told us this morning, if you if you see Adam Lowry hanging in there against the toughest guy in the NHL, it, Adam is always a willing participant, but there's a difference there when it comes to, you know, Reeves is almost the only one in the super heavyweight category in the NHL. Maybe there's one or two others that I may be ignoring unintentionally. But it's so similar, Huss, to a couple of years ago in Vegas when Lowry went with Reeves and the boost that that gave that group moving forward. So uh, it sounds crazy to say, but that's something that a team can rally around as they get ready for the playoffs. And it's just another example of Lowry being able to step up during this six-week stretch where he's been, without exaggeration, one of the best players and most consistent players on the Winnipeg Jets okay, hockey team. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take it a step further, Kent. I mean, to be honest, you know, we can talk about, you know, a number of players and uh, listen, Hellebuck, Hellebuck's sort of in, in, a, in a different category yeah. because of the position that he plays and For the sure. fact that he basically just ran till the finish line. <laughs> but I don't, I, I think that you would be very hard pressed to find an individual not a goaltender on the Winnipeg Jets that has had a bigger stake, a bigger role than dragging the team out of the doldrums where they were, you know, playing 
at a level that was not going to get them to the playoffs and was on the verge of a very embarrassing statistic on where they were and not making yeah. the playoffs. We saw Josh Morrissey do it at times earlier on. I, sure. I really do think that Adam Lowry has been the catalyst of this kind of resurgence, if you will. Um, and you talk about there's a definition. Why do why are leaders? Leaders lead, followers yeah. follow. This team has followed Adam Lowry and Listen, we all made a big deal, legitimately so, for going as long as they did. He did in particular without scoring a goal. And yep. Um, but man, I mean, you've been there. I mean, you saw it as well. I, I thought that what he did Tuesday against the Minnesota Wild and Ryan Reeves was a microcosm of what he's done for this team over the course of the past month, where they, you know, pulled themselves out of a very, very bad situation. Now got them to where they needed to be. Yeah, oh, and by the way, Adam Lowry also scored the goal that got the Jets on to even footing after they were getting outplayed wildly at the start of that game when they were incredibly nervous again, very tentative, much like the Calgary game. Yes, did they get a break and a bounce? Of course they did. Mark Scheifele got a bounce too, but he got a bounce because he went to the blue paint. So, Huss, I know that your inbox is much like mine in terms of that and the Twitter mentions. The folks that were that were clamoring for Lowry to be demoted to the fourth line, I don't know about you, but I got a pretty good idea that you haven't got a lot of those messages lately because I certainly haven't. It's been quiet. It's, it's been, been quiet, a little on, quiet that. on that front, <laughs> and rightfully so. And Lowry's the first one, Hus, to say, you know, do you think he wanted to go 35 without? Of course not. Nobody felt worse than Adam Lowry. He didn't feel worse. He felt much worse than the person in you know whatever section or on his couch saying this guy should be on the fourth line. But you know what happened, Huss? He went on and did something about it. He got back to playing the way that he plays uh, when he is an impactful player. And he is an impactful player whether or not he's producing or not. But by the time you look up, he's about to play game 82, and he's two goals off his career high of 15. Does he get two tonight? Who knows? Either way, whether it's 13 or 15 is not relevant it's when he got them and what kind of goals he scored and the impact those goals had on the outcome of the game. Oh, and by the way, he's been playing against the opposition's best players all season long. And today on a night where four of the Jets' best forwards are not playing, he's going to be seeing a lot of number 29. And you know what, Huss? That's not a real easy assignment for anyone in the National Hockey League, but he embraces it. So... Yeah, he, he has been a catalyst. That's a great word for it. Hammer and I were talking about it on the walk back from the rink here today. Uh, that That's a great word for it. And, and he has had a massive impact uh, on the fortunes of the Winnipeg Jets. There's there's no doubt about that. There's no way around it. And and he deserves the credit he is getting right now for playing such a you know vital role in getting this team back to where they want to be. And here's the last thing on that subject, Huss. This is a guy that is a true leader. And his ability to stay at almost an even keel has been impressive, though he did admit himself today <laughs> to us that sometimes internally he's got plenty of anger that he just isn't showing publicly in those interviews. Uh, he said that Mason Appleton and him do a good job of kind of one either picks up the other or like calms the other one down. So there, that relationship has been really uh, important. And those guys have played well together. And, and Nino Niederreiter has fit in so well with them. Oh. Last, uh, I had a great talk with Nino this morning as part of my uh, preview coverage that'll be up on at sportsnet.ca on the weekend. But I can assure you, he is fired. This guy's been in the playoffs a lot. He is fired up and ready. 
And his ability to get his nose dirty on that line and bring a little bit more natural finishing talent, it could be one of, without exaggeration, again, the Lowry line could be one of the most important lines for the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs. Are they going to need their stars? Of course they are. But that line's ability to A, minimize the damage against the opponent's best offensive players, and B, producing some offense. We know this. That line's going to have an overtime winner. If the Jets go on a kind of any kind of run, they're going to have a couple of game winners along the way because those guys who bring the lunch pail, they're usually the guys that can separate in the series because the, the high-end guys often even themselves out. No, you are, uh, you're exactly right. And I sort of brought that up with, I guess, Hammer when we were talking about the, the upcoming wild game and the challenge yep. of trying to finish it off. I mean... I guess the, the hypothesis was if the Jets can get this thing done and preferably with a win, you know, you have some momentum. You've got a real some confidence building wins over this last little bit. But you've also got a third line that has emerged as a major problem for yeah. other teams on a nightly basis. And I'll tell you what, that is exactly like this team. This line in particular is absolutely made for the playoffs, as you just mentioned. And. Just quickly on Lowry, because we had some conversations at the beginning of the yeah. season, and I was quite confident that he was going to set his his personal best for goals. Well, when you go almost half the season without scoring, <laughs> that's tough. But yeah. he's still finished up at 13. Yeah. And what's interesting, Ken, is that he's had by far his best scoring season. Like He has right. 36 points. I mean, he's not far off from just about half a point a game. The bottom line is far more of it lately. So... There's a lot of momentum with that line. And, um, you know, you need to have your big guys scoring, as you mentioned. And it's a very interesting look now with the top line and Ehlers playing with those others. But that line might be the most important line over the past month for the Winnipeg Jets. And to me, it, it all goes back to the game in Nashville. If you yeah. remember the game in Nashville, you know, the team had been scoring. There was, uh, a, a, you know, some major issues and some major power outages of so many people. And Rick Bonus was hammering. They need to get to the blue paint. They need to take shots. They need to be there. And who was it? Adam Lowry grabbing that rebound, getting the game to overtime, which gave Neil Pionk the opportunity to win that game. And then the very next week, after he'd sort of got the gorilla off his back, scores massive goals in Arizona, massive goals in Anaheim. And you can say what you want about those opponents. They had to have those wins. And yeah. that's a big reason why they are where they are right now. So uh, I'm with you on the Lowry line. Being, hey, one more uh, quick one, Huss. Adam actually thought it went back to the Oilers home and home where on the Saturday night they had the crazy like Smythe division special, right? The 7-5. Was that when he or, broke the streak? Was that, the, was that when he had the first goal? I think so, but I think it almost went more bigger picture like him going head, like the challenge of going head to head with Dreisaitl and McDavid and then I think being involved in like such a crazy game and he just kind of felt like that's where he kind of got himself going again and yeah, it's been evident uh, throughout and and this is not, I, I hope that those folks think, I, they know I'm not taking a shot at them when I say, you know, when I talk about the people that want Adam on the fourth line. Well, those people wanted balance. Well, the balance is there, and that's what you and I were both arguing. Lowry can provide it, even though he wasn't doing it at that time. And, you know, the Avalanche are a great example, and not to shift gears, but their second line center job was up for grabs. JT Comfer has had a career best there, too. He's in, his, in, the, in the 50s for points rather than in the high 30s. But you can have a guy in the high 30s on the third line if a guy like Nino Niederreiter is on that line, and he's got 23, 24 goals, right? So... That, that's why I said 
Adam's always been more valuable than his numbers produce, and he's not a fourth-line player. He can give you a lot even if he's not producing 40 points for that third line. But he is does need to produce offense. He knows that, and he has done his part on that front, and they'll need him to do his part in the playoffs if they want to perform. And the same goes for Appleton Huss. Like, we know he missed almost half the season due to injury, and the fact that he's now scoring – a, you know, a little bit more in the last little while. That's important for the Jets because those guys can give you energy, but they also have to give you results in terms of the production, and that's what they've been doing. And even Morgan Barron right now has playing the great line lately. I yeah. love, I've loved the fourth line lately. I mean, they have lived in the other team's zone at times in the last yeah. few games. And listen, the fourth line. We'll see how much they play. We know it's going to be about those top three units. Um, but I'll tell you what. I mean, Morgan Barron's ready for the playoffs and. Tell you what, I think Stenny and uh, Saku Menelainen have showed really since that Menelainen returned, I guess, in the Calgary game. Yeah. And obviously it didn't go well for the Jets on the scoreboard, but he was impactful. You saw the reason why he they wanted him back in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he sort of picked it up and just kind of continued on from there. And I mean, it's all hands on deck in playoff time. If the Jets are going to pull off an upset or be in a series against a great team like the Vegas Golden Knights or the Edmonton Oilers, it is going to take everybody playing near the top of their best. But for a, a conversation for a long time, what can they count on from the bottom six? Right yeah. now, I would suggest a lot. Steady play at least, right? And not just, we always use the term, like Paul Maurice used treading water. You got to do more than just tread water out there. And no, they're not, They're not. you know, outside of Barron, they're not in danger of being double-digit goal scorers. But they are producing and they are doing more than just kill penalties, which they are also doing effectively. Uh, they're bringing a physical, you know, Menelainen is at his best when he's bringing a physical presence, but you know, he's there for the penalty killing. He has some offensive ability. It hasn't translated at this level right now or at this stage of his career, but there are moments when he can make smart plays. Uh, Morgan Barron is playing like excellently. Huss, he can jump up, you know, they come out of a power play. Barron gets a boost. Good, you know, good for him. Gets out there, contributes, skating, moving, get using his body, big strong guy has reach and is engaged so uh, i think that morgan baron is just starting to scratch the surface here i really do see him as a you know 15 goal guy going forward at some point 15 plus uh and because of all the things that we mentioned about him but yeah i mean the bottom six has improved dramatically and very much like the jets defense has rounded out us and i know that we talked about neil pionk a lot on this show this year about the uneven play and some of this, the periods of struggle but Remo can check the receipts. About a month or six weeks or ago, Huss, what did I tell you about Neil Pionk? He needed to be the second, maybe at worst, the third best defenseman on the Winnipeg Jets. He's taken care of his part of the duties on that front. He has elevated his game dramatically. He's back to playing a physical style. And that's exactly what the Jets needed in order for them to get out of the funk. They needed Pionk to find his game. And I don't just mean getting to double digits and goals. His defending has been much better. Yes, he has been the agent of chaos at both ends at times, but he Not has elevated. Lately. No, he has elevated his game dramatically, and the Jets will need. Hey, whether they play Vegas or Edmonton, they're going to need the the version of Neil Pionk that makes life difficult against Connor McDavid. Whether that's going up against McDavid or going up against Eichel. Um, let's just quickly look ahead to next week. We won't know till tomorrow who yeah. the Jets are playing. But um, what's a better matchup for Winnipeg in your mind, Ken? Uh, I, I don't know that there's a good matchup. I would say better 
the better matchup right now by a you know the narrowest of margins is La- is Vegas just because of the uncertainty between the pipes and that is not a knock the uncertainty is the Vegas Golden Knights I I think are going to roll with Lauren Bressois but the fact that they have had a revolving door at the most critical position would make them slightly vulnerable having said that the Golden Knights are one of the best teams coming out of the out of the All-Star break, Huss. But so are the Oilers. So neither matchup is uh, all that, uh, you know, you wouldn't be licking your chops for the th- for, for a team ripe for an upset. But much like the Oilers with Stuart Skinner being a little bit unproven in terms of NHL playoff experience, Vegas, unless they're rolling with Quick, and Quick has not been the best of the bunch there. So the guy with the most experience is not playing the best for Vegas. So... I just think it would be, uh, you know, I'm being greedy here, Us. I think the best storyline for us in the media is Jets versus Golden Knights. A, it's a rematch from 2018. And B, there are so many intermingling storylines, including the net minding battle. Like, how great is this if it is Brassois, Huss? The reason why Brassois, Huss, <laughs> the reason why Brassois left Winnipeg is because he wanted to have more games and not be in the shadow of Connor Hellebuck. What could possibly be better for Lauren Brassois than for his first real starting assignment in the Stanley Cup playoffs to be, I don't even want to call him his mentor, but the guy he played behind, like, how great is that in terms of juicy storylines? Watch what you wish for. No, no, and I, and I mean for 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 LB Huss, this is incredible. Like the fact that, like the double surgery, and then essentially people thought he might have been banished to Henderson for the rest of the year. Oh, guess what? Logan Thompson's not available, and Quick has sort of been up and down. All, all of a sudden, I think Bressois went ten and three for for the best potentially the best team in the West. Like that's bonkers. Right, I mean, it's an incredible story of perseverance, and I just think it would be super interesting. And Huss, in a lot of ways, like I said, this is not David and Goliath, but like this is a legit role reversal from 2018, where the Jets were the team that was second, second overall in the NHL in terms of points, and Vegas was the upstart, uh, you know, band of misfits that went on the run and then beat them with ridiculous goaltending, right? So Vegas will be the favorite, but no matter who's in net for Vegas, even if it's Logan Thompson, who was an all-star, like Connor Hellebuck is going to be viewed as the better, like he's getting the check mark in that spot, right? The Jets have a huge advantage in goal regardless. They, of they should, the yes, round. they should, right? So that you know, as long as Hellebuck plays the way that he has, which there's no reason to think that he won't. So, but no, Vegas will look at that and say, oh, they're disrespecting our, our goalies, you know? Like that's why I just think that there's, you know, first playoff battle for Eichel, you know, Stone and, you know, skating around in a blue jersey. Is he ready? Is he not? Will oh. it be game one? When will he be back? I mean, that for a team that hasn't scored a lot in the playoffs, Mark Stone is the driver of that team. If they can get him back, that is a massive, massive addition. Like, they've had a ton of players step up this year, Huss. Guys are scoring at ridiculous rates. Nicholas Haig is having a great year on the back end. I mean, they're just a team that has encountered a lot of challenges this year. Yet, in a lot of ways, Huss, they've used the same mentality the Jets had going until February. Like, Vegas has been a total no-excuses type of team that just battled through 
So to me, you know, I just think it would be a great matchup if those two teams meet. And you know what? If it's Edmonton, Winnipeg, bring it on, right? That that's a vintage, vintage Smythe division battle. And you know, the one thing we know about Edmonton, I don't think that the Canadian Jeff and I were talking about this on the trip as well. We were talking about the fact that you know, would do you think there's any remnants from that North Division sweep? Well, not really except the best two players in the world are probably still pissed off about it and that they would love an opportunity not to avenge that, but to have an opportunity to play deep in the playoffs. And if they just so happened to be able to knock off the team that knocked them out, I think they would have no problem with that whatsoever. Well, it's funny you bring that up and I can't speak to the Oilers or the players in their, uh, in their dressing room, but I can certainly speak to the fan base in Edmonton doing a show most days with my friend, Dustin Nielsen and Dusty yeah. Put out yesterday, and Oilers fans, how's everyone feeling? Who of the possible matchups in the first round would you like to play? And there was more than one that said, not the Jets. I don't want any part of Hellebuck. And then there was a few that said, the Jets, revenge for 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I would have a hard time believing that that won't be at least part of a potential storyline with uh, with with Edmonton, just yeah. Quickly, just one can, quick thing though, having yeah. covered the conference final last year, like it's a big deal to us and us in the media. Colorado, like they're pissed off about losing to Colorado. They've already forgotten two years ago against Winnipeg. That that's my personal take. Like it's still in the storage valve for the memory bank. But Connor and Leon, they care about winning the Stanley Cup. They don't care about revenge against Winnipeg. Is my personal take. Yeah. But yeah, no. they'll use anything that they can for fuel. Although you did just say they were still pissed off about it, so well, no, no, I, I, they, just because as a winner you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to lose to anybody. I'm just you. <laughs> hey, um, as far as tonight goes, I, sure. I've been on the air. I mean, have you heard? I mean, what is the situation with Vegas? Are they uh, putting their best foot forward tonight? Oh, you uh, know what? Doing uh, everything man. they can to to lock that down with the point tonight, um, because of course, if they lose and Edmonton wins, that is the scenario that right. creates a Jets Oilers first round matchup. Yeah, it's uh, they only need one point though, Huss, right? So they would yeah. need an extra time to get to extra time. Uh, I don't overtime let's does do it quick, for Vegas let's, tonight. Let's do a quick check in with Jesse Granger. I don't see any lineup activity here. No, uh, Gary hasn't been any help either. I texted him and uh, oh, oh, he did actually get back to me. He said Eichel and Theodore taking skate. So. I don't know whether okay. that means they're playing or whether they'll be in. But as we said with media before, Eichel was on with Pat McAfee, and Matt McAfee oh. said a hundred grand for a hat trick tonight for a Whoa. charity of his choice. And Jack says he'll be shooting a lot tonight. So uh, <laughs> I would assume that he'll be in. I would love to see. Shea Theodore also in. It looks like he was interviewed yeah. by the Vegas School of the Knights here. So I'm expecting That's a him to big, be in. Big, big, uh, big turn back. Um, all right. So are you are you coming back to Winnipeg tomorrow or uh, Andrew? Know, Andrew or I, have, I have be, double. Uh, I have the I have the 24 hour cancellation double flight activity booked. We have a Minnesota or sorry Denver through Minnesota home booked for tomorrow afternoon, and I also have a direct to Vegas booked. Uh, and we will act ac- act accordingly after we have the results of this evening's affair, which starts a little bit later than here. So we'll be uh, we'll, the, the the Marriott site will be getting some either updates or cancellations happening here, Hus. But uh, we always say this: like it's most likely that they would play Vegas, but reporters' law would suggest that when you think you've got it all planned. 
they laugh at you and then change the change the direction. But it's it's funny, even just being around the avalanche room today. I was I thought they only needed one point, but like this is going to go down to Friday night for them too. Whether it's between them and Dallas, right? There's only one point separating them, so they may have to wait until late Friday night before they determine uh, who they think they're going to be playing. But what I do think, Huston, I know there's been lots of debate about this. I would not confirm, but I would expect the Jets to be starting on Tuesday. Would be my outside. That would be my outside well, Spidey be a senses. Saturday night game probably, which right? would be probably Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But nothing confirmed, nothing settled until we know what the matchups are. But what we know for sure, Hus, is that the Jets will be in the Pacific Division for as long as they're in it. So they will not. There's no reseeding after round one. If they do happen to pull off the upset, you don't. You know, as the lowest seed, you don't go back into your division. The Jets will be a Pacific Zone team which means they're probably going to be in the late window most nights. So uh, this will be one of the times where as much as I love my time and still love every almost everything about newspapers, Huss, I'll be fortunate to not be on the same. I'll be, the .ca deadline will be a little bit more advantageous uh, than had I been still writing uh, for my former employer. Yeah, well, the uh, downtown businesses, I think, are going to be enjoying a couple extra hours <laughs> sure, before yes. the game. Then I'll tell you what, the atmosphere in that building I think is going to be uh, upped a little bit, obviously because of playoffs. But yeah. You give Winnipeg Jet fans a couple extra hours to get ready for the game. And, uh, oh, I think that volume is going to be turned up. Hey, speaking of the building, just quickly yeah. before we go, I know we're just about at 3 p.m. Um, you've covered, you're from here. You've covered the team for a long time. I mean, um, any thoughts on uh, the forever Winnipeg campaign that came out, the need that the Winnipeg Jets have to sort of re-engage the fan base, the messaging that came out. We had Christina Litz talking about the work that they're engaging in right now, but just interested in uh, in your perspective on that, Ken. Yeah, Huss, I mean, it, it's a fair question, and, you know, we've spent lots of time debating and discussing it around uh, these parts also. I mean, Christina's obviously is a much better person to talk about it from a true north perspective, uh, you know, from an observer's perspective. Uh, you know, was there a phrase or two that might have rubbed some people the wrong way? Sure. Uh, at the same time, Huss, you worked at that, you know, you've worked in a business office, right? You know what it's like when, you know, we know the Jets are not moving. Mark made that perfectly clear in a follow-up with Martin Cash. But you also touched on a lot of the other cognizant points. The Jets don't have the corporate level of support that they have in other markets. So what that means is either businesses have to step up or other individuals have to step up to make up the difference. Uh, do does True North have some things that they need to get cleaned up, or to you know to help enhance the fan experience, or to to get back some of the goodwill? Of, of course they do. Um, but you know, for me, Hasid, I just I don't I don't feel super comfortable telling a ticket purchaser how they should feel. And I know that's not what you asked me, but um, I, I'm asking just how you feel. As, yeah, I mean, you know, for someone... me, it's hard because I don't, I don't, I don't buy tickets to the game, so it's hard for me to put myself in in the in the fans' shoes. Um, do I understand why why some people would be have their nose out of joint? Of course, I do. But at the same time, uh, I think that there would have been a certain segment of the population. This is very a Winnipeg or a Manitoba ish thing for me, Huss. I think that no matter what the messaging would have been, there would have been X amount of the population complaining about what the messaging was. So, 100%. sorry, 100%. and, that, and I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant here. I mean, I don't you're, think it matters what would have been said. So, yeah. Uh, having said that, were there some concerns that people had, and are they concerns that that they have every right to feel? Uh, of course, they are. Everyone feels the way that they feel. I mean, mm. um, I, I also think on the flip side that the 
it's also a reality. Yes, we we know that when the Jets came back and they sold out, like they got to have a big deep breath because they sold all those tickets right away. But you know, you were in the room when Bettman was in there for the announcement. Like this team has to have as close to a full barn as possible. If the attendance goes from 14 and change to 13 and change to 12 and change, that's a big problem in terms of keeping the team around here. Does do the owners or does do the owners have deep pockets? Of course they do. But like the one thing that I find very strange, uh, Huss, is that uh, the whole, you know, true North is just in it for greed. Like it, it's just not the case. Huss. I mean, no. you know, Mark Chipman, if, if Mark Chipman wanted to cash in his chips and sell the team for a billion dollars, there'd be a lot less stress in his life. But this is a guy who, who was, you know, wanted the jets back. He has worked hard to get the jets back and he wants the jets to stay here forever. So, I mean, that to me is the bigger part of the message. I mean, do they have to do their part? Of course they do. I mean, is it a perfect experience? No, but like it, it, that whole thing that it takes everyone in order for the jets to have a team that's accurate. Huss. I mean, we like to travel to other cities to watch sports, right? But do you know what's better than watching sports in other cities, watching sports in the city you reside in, right? So can the Jets learn from other teams in terms of what their experiences are like? Of course, but um, it's just a reality. Professional sports, it's a big ticket. And like I said, I don't want to tell people how to spend their money, but if we want as a community to have the highest level of team here, that requires support. So um, I, I think that that's ultimately, and I understand people are, are definitely out of joint about the tugging at the heartstrings from 96. I get it. But at the same time, what did we hear for 15 years, Huss? No one wants to feel that feeling again, right? No one wants that to be a threat of relocation happening. So no matter what the wording was, uh, I think it just is a, is a reminder of how much money was lost during the pandemic and some of the measures that are going to be have, having to be taken in order to kind of get back on some solid ground. And here's the other part that wasn't mentioned. The reason why the Jets need more support is that once the salary cap continues to rise, like the Jets have been a cap ceiling team for the most part in this stretch of time. The only way for them to do that is to get you know, to have close to a full barn and to get that corporate support, I think. Yeah, no, uh, listen, well said. And uh, listen, you, maybe you and Rennie uh, figure out a way to get some seats uh, next year. I mean, listen, we're all stakeholders here. If there's no team. Are you doing what you're doing? I don't know, Ken. I'm going to have a representative call you guys uh, very quickly. No, I'm kidding. Uh, hey, listen, man, great stuff today. Enjoy that final game. Uh, keep your head on a swivel as to which yes. uh, which, which which flight which airline which I'm getting which airline I'm getting tomorrow. on tomorrow. Yes, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, the 82nd edition of K and R tonight. One more time for the regulars and after the game tonight, and uh, can't wait to uh, chat about it with you, Sean, and everybody next week when uh, it's game on for the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll see you back here in the hey, peg. One sorry, way or quick the other. one. Uh, what what did you see at uh, Rogers Center? What do you think? Dude, the the Renaults are unbelievable. Okay, good. The Renaults are amazing. There are so, and I only saw like half of them. Yeah, um, we didn't get around the entire. I mean, there's stuff at the 500 level. There's uh, the area on the 100. They were. We were in the outfield. Um, so we were sitting in our seats most of the time, but there was sort of a lounge over, probably just like right by the right field line. Uh, we were there. Poutine Dog was outstanding. 
um, you know, like like many teams um, are doing more to try and make some things maybe a little more affordable. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still going to professional sports and paying professional yeah. sports prices. But um, you know, they've been doing some some interesting things. And this is a trend all around that I think um, teams are realizing that there's only so much you can squeeze out of fans, yep. and uh, you know, are pivoting. And I think the Jays have done well. And Real exciting game. They scored the two in the bottom of uh, nine and then uh, walked it off in 10. It was a wild scene, Ken, in downtown Toronto afterwards because uh, I was with some buddies and we were walking out. They were heading down to Union Station and everyone's all fired up about the Jays winning that's coming out of the Rogers Center, intersecting with all the depressed Raptor fans oh, yeah. that have just <laughs> left the ACC after the Raptors <laughs> lost the play-in turning game right. with the Chicago Bulls. So it was a scene uh, that being said, that entire city next week is going to be blue and white when the Leafs oh, try to finally get out of the first round. But um, we'll talk on the weekend for sure and look forward to talking playoffs, both Winnipeg and whoever they play, as well as the rest of the uh, rest of the action around the NHL. It is uh, the best time of the year. 16 teams remaining. The Jets are one of them. We'll talk to you about it then. Enjoy the game tonight, Kay. Thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, enjoy the rest of the curling, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting soon, my man. Take care. You got it. There is our pal Ken Weeb with us uh, live from uh, from Colorado. Went a little long right now, um, but I do want to thank our friends at Little Brown Jug. We're getting ready for the playoffs. It is the Winnipeg Whiteout, and uh, nothing better than uh, Winnipeg playoff hockey than uh, a little of Winnipeg's favorite beer, Little Brown Jug. And their new generic lager, basic lager, just better, impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and a crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. It's available in eight packs or by the can through the tap room or through vendors. Um, Heritage going on right now in the PGA Tour. First round elevated event. No Rory McIlroy. See what happens this weekend uh, there at Harbortown. Of course, we're getting ready to golf, most importantly, here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Our friends at Breezy Bend are getting ready for the upcoming season. Breezy is one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facilities, and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio. Find out more at breezybend.ca. Give our pal Corey Johnson a call at the course to find out more on being a member or bringing your family on. And, uh, hey, you know, once this... Wrote this run in the playoffs is over and we do get to the summer. I can't wait to get to Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Always my favorite three or four days of the year. They're booked about 85% right now for the year. So if you're thinking about a friends and family trip or a corporate trip, now's the time to talk to them about availability. Check them out at AikensLake.com online. And hey, any university students that are thinking about uh, maybe working in paradise, saving a bunch of money and having an incredible time, you're still looking for a few guides and servers, send a resume or an email for more information to pit at AikensLake.com. Uh, all right, let's get Remus back in here. Uh, man, lots to talk about today. And uh, we had a lot to get to with Ken. Appreciated him staying a little long, although we have gone a little longer than our normal time frame here on uh, here on the uh, on the show. That's okay. This is an exciting time. Lots to talk about. Lots of people in here. Shout out to everyone uh, in chat. So I don't mind you guys getting getting in. Ken did have some great insight on Nikolai Ehlers. I had a I didn't get a chance to put it up. Uh, you guys had changed topics, but I had like a big graphic saying Ken says Ehlers expected for game. <laughs> One and I don't even remember where it is. Oh, here it is. 
Uh, there yeah, it is. It Yo, there it is. Weeb expects Ehlers in game one. That's so, right. If anyone was wondering where Nikolai Ehlers, and then he also had some good backstory about Adam Lowry wanting to go with Mason Appleton before the whistle, like no, or no, before the Ryan Reeves. Sorry, yeah, Ryan Reeves wanted to go with Mason Appleton before the face-off. I butchered that what one. What a hero. What a hero, Revo. Like, those wild, so tough. Ryan Hartman going after Nikolai Ehlers, the smallest guy, and Reeves, super heavyweight, trying to go, you know, way down in weight classes. Wouldn't even be allowed in UFC, us, going down that low of a weight class. Ryan Reeves I did. I did wonder if there would be a bunch of BS coming out of the Stanley Kaprizov incident and knowing the wild, I mean, I guess we should have expected it, but the fact that Stanley basically hadn't played since then and he wasn't in the lineup, the fact that they resorted to cheap shots and trying to take out guys. I mean, listen, I'm still choked about it. I wish nothing but bad things for the Minnesota wild for the remainder of this season, unless somehow fate could bring those teams together. And if it did, it would of course be in the conference finals. So I guess sign me up for that. If we could, uh, if we could get it, Um, I'll say everyone knows the wild lose in the first round every year. So, and then just, again, I said yesterday, like at least when Reeves hit DeMello, DeMello had the puck. Like if Ryan Hartman's going to go try to take out Ehlers, like maybe wait till he's going through the neutral zone and try to line him up or something like to drill him. When he's not expecting it, when he doesn't have the puck, is just I said yesterday, just a coward play, and like who cares that he lightly shoulder tapped Kaprizov in the corner before? Like, come on. Yeah, listen. Again, was, we can go uh, on and uh, on. Rick Bonus said it best: Bush League. Um, but enough about the Wild Jets abs tonight, and then the playoffs get going next week. And uh, as Ken said, his. Uh, his hunch is a Tuesday start, which would be perfect. Probably be Tuesday, Thursday on the road. And then the whiteout back Saturday night in Winnipeg. Potentially a late game. Oh, that sounds good to me. Uh, let's get the cool bet lines quickly. Um, you know, some big mismatches ma- matches tonight based on what we're hearing about who is playing and who isn't right now. Um, Jets, obviously huge underdogs in Colorado. Uh, with so many players out, Pittsburgh's a Pittsburgh's a big favorite in Columbus. But I mean, who knows what's going on with that team now that they've been officially eliminated? Uh, Leafs are in uh, MSG to take on the Rangers. Wall's going to be getting the start in net. Give Samsonov another night off. I do like Buffalo tonight. Uh, that's going to be my cool bet play of the day at home. Craig Anderson in net to take on the Ottawa Senators. Um, Bruins and Habs. Bruins looking for what? 65 mean he said what a season they've had uh carolina and florida this is an important game florida can get the second get the first wild card and avoid the bruins with a win but if they do that and the jersey devils beat the capitals then jersey will in fact win that division they'll play florida in the first round which would mean that the Rangers and the Hurricanes would go at it in the first round as well. So still lots to be determined. Uh, Wilder and Nashville take on the Predators. Wilder locked in in the third spot. You've got Dallas needing to win to force Colorado to win twice to get the Central Division title. Um, Flyers-Blackhawks, as you mentioned, final game for Jonathan Taves as a Black Blackhawk. What an incredible career he had there. Oilers a massive favorite over the Sharks. No surprise. 
If the Oilers win and Vegas loses, it'll be Winnipeg at Edmonton. And Brassois is expected tonight. Grubauer is confirmed for the Kraken. And that game, what does Kubet have right there, Remo, for that final uh, that for the last Oilers? Game? No, no, no. Vegas and uh, Vegas and the Kraken. Oh, sorry. Oilers minus 500 favorite against San Jose. I'm yeah. laughing. Uh, that's close, man. Uh, Vegas minus 110. Kraken minus 107. That's tight. We need Vegas so to get a point. Basically a pick em. Uh, uh Yeah, exactly. Vegas get a point. I, I'd like to play Vegas in the first round. I would love. I mean, all the storylines that Ken just sort of mentioned would be uh, would be pretty juicy. Hey, I'd like to play Edmonton at some point because if you're going to make a run, you're going to definitely have to go through those guys. But uh, I would say that uh, Vegas first round and then hopefully the lock shot bowl, Hus versus Dusty in, uh, <laughs> in the second round would be absolutely perfect. But I'll take it in the first round if we have it. Check it out. Hey, Remo, hit the Kubat exclusives there for a minute. I think we might be cooking up one. We got a lock shot one there. Yeah, there we are. So Dusty wanted the Oilers minus one and a half. I threw the Seattle, uh, the Devils, and the Sabres on it, and uh, they've got that up at plus 355. So if you want to ride with us, I wanted to stay away from most of the other games that we don't know much about. There's still a lot of information that needed to be done. Of course, Jay's back in action, and then the Rays. What a season the Rays have had. They're here on the weekend. Hopefully going to check out one of those games as well before I've gone. Let me just quickly tell you about what's happening here at the Princess Auto Players Championship. Uh, because many of our favorites are on the ice right now. First of all, Jennifer Jones is taking on Clancy Grandy, and Grandy has had the most, the craziest run at this event. Probably one of the lowest-seeded teams. Played Kerry Anderson yesterday, scored two in the first, stole four in the second, then went stole one, stole one, and then five and won 13 nothing against the four-time defending Canadian champions. And Grandy actually jumped up to a 4 nothing lead early on Jennifer Jones right now. Caitlin Laws tied 1-1 with the Fujisawa team from Japan. And uh, speaking of our friends at Princess Auto, our pal Reed Carruthers going up against the Italians, Joel Returnaz. And uh, unfortunately, he just gave up a 4-2, so they're down 4-1 right now. Kevin Cooey and Coy Dropkin as well. Um, you can go to curlingzone.com if you want to get all the latest information and up-to-date scores on what's happening here. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully going to hook up with a few of our favorite curlers at some point in and around it. But um, obviously the focus tonight is on this game with the Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche. Hopefully everyone makes it through injury-free. But uh, Remo, most of the, uh, some of the most important players, Shifley, Dubois, Connor Hellebuck, Josh Morrissey getting a night off tonight and a well-earned night off considering the grind that it took for them to get back into the playoffs and confirm their spot in game 81. Yeah, yeah, we figured uh, Hellebuck, he was going hard last game. He wanted that day off. He earned it. Big save Dave uh, starting tonight and a bunch of guys resting. So we will hear about, uh, you know, what their status is for game one as we get closer. We've got to wrap up. We do have to mention, I just want to mention the Bombers, Huss. They announced... 4.9 million operating profit uh, led by a record number of ticket sales at the gate. Uh, 13.8 million in tickets. Another game day revenue, 10.4 million. That's merchandise, concessions, and other, other items. So uh, shout out to the Bombers on a very successful 2022. You know, that is just so great to see. Um, and, 
you know, with all the talk about the Jets and the work that they have uh, have to do, uh, then obviously it's very different with a 41-game home schedule as opposed to the football. And uh, bottom line, Wade Miller, Bomber Management, Kyle Walters, Mike O'Shea, all the players. Um, it is hard to imagine. It's hard to even remember where this team was before they took over and where this team is at right now. Um, that is absolutely phenomenal news. And uh, listen, they deserve it. There's a lot of people that have worked really, really hard. And uh, I'll be honest. I mean, listen, we've talked a lot about the Jets, the health of their franchise. Um, everybody wants our teams to to prosper going forward. We want to be going to games that fill buildings. We want that atmosphere. Um, there's a lot of things the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do that a lot of teams, not just the Jets, could maybe take a... Uh, take a note or two from so congratulations that is awesome awesome news uh to finish up the program and cannot wait to get out to ig field this season and see the bombers try and run it back as kings of the west but win that final game unlike that heartbreaker against the argos last week in the gray cup hey remote just before we go uh, this is a great way to finish off the program let's uh let's just get these last couple bones clips because oh we sure did we did talk about this. We got cut off a little short. We went long with Ken. Um, but let's just go 7 through 10, and we'll finish it off with Rick Bonus. What a what a year Bones has had. The Bones effect was real. The team is in the playoffs. We cashed those tickets, and we're getting ready for playoff tickets next year, uh, next week. Bones, uh, Bones, first of all, talked about the discipline coming out of yesterday that uh, was announced by NHL player safety. Here are his thoughts on that to A, the peon fine, and B, the one-game suspension for Harden? Yeah, well, okay, they go P of, you know, good for him. <laughs> you know, what the heck, he playing the game hard. He didn't like the hit and the one-game suspension. Could it have been more? Yeah, but that's that's not up to me. I mean, that's that's the league. All right, so uh, Bones' thoughts on the, on the discipline. Um, here's uh, Bones just talking about that Minnesota game and if it was uh, sort of like a playoff game and what will be awaiting the Jets next round. It was. I mean, that once they scored that, I mean, they were very good in the first. We were really good in the second. And then they get that early power play goal. And so now they've got a chance to tie it up. And they cranked it up, and so did we. It became a very playoff-intense game. I mean, they were still fighting at that point for his home ice advantage, still fighting for second place. Uh, so it, the emotions got very high on the ice, on the benches. Yapping between the two benches was uh, was pretty intense. And anytime anybody skated by our bench, the guys were giving them a little grief. So the intensity certainly rose in that third period. All right, so uh, Bones talking about that game like the playoff. And um, this is something that I had talked about with Hammer before the game even happened, um, and it certainly did come out that way. I mean, a tough, gritty win, what that might be able to do for the Jets going forward, finishing off and punching their ticket the way they did. Here's Bones on, uh, you know, if last game will sort of help them prepare for playoff hockey next week. Well, it does. They listen. They they saw what Lau did. They saw what uh, Dilly did. Um, sticking up for each other out there, and there's never any doubt that we're all going to stick up for each other. It started from training camp in Bambon, but in those intense moments and uh, going going after guys that took some liberties on some of our guys, yeah, it's, the intensity was there. And you have to, yeah, we obviously we love the win, but I think the guys really enjoyed how we won the game and the intensity that we played with to win that game. All right, there's a smiling Rick Bonus. I'm not sure if he's going to smile as much in this one because this was sort of the end, the money shot, if you will. We talked about it 
with Ken Weeb. And uh, this was Rick Bonus's reactions to uh, questioning uh, regarding his exchange with Dean Evison, where he became quite animated towards the end of that game. You think the players enjoyed the exchange with you and Dean also? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's very rare. When do you know it's time? Like, it doesn't happen very often between coaches. It just, I know it's happened very organically, but for you personally, what, what's the thought process when well, that happens? Well, again, what, 30 seconds ago, it's a 3 1 the faceoffs outside. He's got last change. Right, so we're, we've got our penalty killers out there because we're short, and he's got last change, and it was clear what happened because the the, the puck wasn't even dropped, and they were. So uh, that's it. Listen, he runs his bench the way he runs it. He runs his team. I run my team. Did I like it? No. <laughs> that was uh, that was some pretty vintage bones right now. And now you know what? He should be feeling good. He should have been pissed off at what happened on Tuesday. They'll remember that one for a while. Uh, but Remo for Bones, he wants to get through this one and uh, find out at the end of the night who he and Scott Arneal and the rest of his coaching staff are going to be preparing for for games one and two on the road before we put the whites on here in the peg for game three. Yeah, I don't know why Bonus would be so upset. Like, if you watch the Wild, you would know that that's who Dean Evison always puts on the ice in the final 30 seconds of a game when they're down two goals. That's what exactly what Evison said post game yesterday. I don't know why... He would be uh, not honest about what they normally do. So, but as far as tonight, I think, yeah, the Jets are playing Colorado, but I think everyone here has their eyes on the later games, eight o'clock. The Oilers are hosting San Jose and 930 Vegas in Seattle. And if Vegas gets a point, they're in first. And if Vegas loses and the Oilers win, uh, the Jets will be playing the Oilers. So, uh, we're more into those games, and it will be an interesting night for us. We're playing fantasy or gambling because, like, who, who's got something to play for here? And it is the Oilers in Vegas, and so I will be sticking teams that have something to play for. Or maybe Chicago puts in a good effort in Jonathan Taves' yeah, uh, final bad. game too. And they did they did win against Pittsburgh and sunk their season. No doubt. The uh, I st- I still can't believe that. No Ovi, no Crosby, no Malkin in the playoffs. It is uh, absolutely bizarre. The other huge game tonight is that Carolina Florida game. Uh, both teams want to win that game. Florida wants to clinch the first wild card. Carolina wants to win the division. Um, something's got to give. We'll pay attention to that. Listen, this has been a hell of a lot of fun today. We've gone long. I'm gonna give a special thanks to our friends at Princess Auto for. Uh, their hospitality out here for a few days. We'll be back here at the Madden Athletic Center at the Princess Auto Players Championship on the Grand Slam of curling uh, tomorrow. And the broadcasts have started today. So if you want to watch some world-class curling right now, throw on Sportsnet, check your local listings. It'll be on throughout the weekend. Of course, we'll here be pulling for uh, Reed Carruthers, Maddie Dunstone, Jennifer Jones, Caitlin Les, Carrie Anderson, but it is the best of the best. And hey, Hit that red subscribe button and thanks to all of you that have done it in the past and have done it today because Remo, am I am I hearing this right? We finally hit our milestone of 9,000? Yeah, we've been gunning for this for a while and it finally came to. Now we're at 9,000 so someone could unsubscribe and we could go down, but it does have a 9 in front of our sub number on YouTube. The march to 10k is on. You couldn't we got done there it by it. the end of the regular season. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been a grind. We've posted like this is our 526th show. I've posted a bunch of other videos 
as well. We've been at this for two years. Um, feels good to be at 9K, but this still feels early and we're still growing. And I do have to give a shout out to everyone who tuned in because yesterday was one of our biggest podcast download show in months. Uh, YouTube has been, you know, far bigger, just picked up since the trade deadline, like leading up to yeah. it, basically. So we are looking. I can't wait. I'm very excited uh, for the playoffs next oh. week. And we got to get that schedule out and uh, start planning for, uh, you know, the home games and the road games as well. Well, hopefully we'll have some clarity on that tomorrow, uh, if not most likely on Saturday. But as we heard from Christina, individual tickets are going to be on Saturday. And if you are a season ticket holder, a ticket package holder, there is an exclusive presale. If you do want to get more tickets for the playoffs right now, jump on that um, before they get open and uh, get filled up by the general public. And of course, thanks again to Christina for jumping on us. If you want more information on uh, that push to try and re-energize the fan base and get some of those folks that they lost back, sell some new season tickets and the benefits along with it, go to foreverwinnipeg.ca. It's better when we're all together and that building is full. And I don't think I can say it any better than that. Folks, thanks again. Uh, great show today. Appreciate the 9,000 subs. Let's get to 10K going forward. We will see you tomorrow back here in Toronto. One more night. We'll find out who the Jets are playing and we'll get after it. Billick will jump on with us. Uh, Brandon Rewicki will be on, and we'll have much more uh, as uh, it's playoff time in Peg City. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to all of our sponsors and all of you for making Winnipeg Sports Talk a part of your day. Enjoy your evening, and we'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. to kick off a Friday into the weekend on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.